Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Tetracast. It's the May 2017 edition. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Joining me today, we've got a couple regulars. Uh, we've got Josh Torres and Brian Vitelli. How are you doing, gentlemen? It's the 2017, 27th of the fifth month. It's May 27th. Oh, I, haven't been, I haven't been here in a while, but I'm still a regular. I like it. Yes, of course. It's you good. were you were a typical regular Adam of Italy, uh, Brian's brother. Won't be joining us this week because he's got super busy stuff to deal with. They're secretly the same person. Like when one is out, the other covers and that, vice versa. I mean, that's exactly what twins are, right? They're just the same yes. person, almost genetically mm-hmm. similar. Uh, just so happened to be that Adam had to travel from New Mexico to Seattle. And yeah, he had it. Yeah, I think trip. he should be dead, like I was when I moved from Iowa to California. So that was that was apparently a long trip. So he's he's busy dealing with other stuff right now. But we've got his brother, which is you know it's like the B grade. We got we got somebody yeah, to fill the second spot. best yeah. thing. It's the second best the store thing, brand, you know? the knockoff. It's it is the store, the brand RC Cola. The, yeah, the RC Cola of the Vitelli family. Um, and also joining us. <laughs> Uh, brand new to the podcast, but he's been with the staff just for a little bit now. We've got Chow Min Wu. Hi, guys. What's up? Hey, thank you for joining Welcome us. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, yeah, people probably recognize my alias better. They call me Solus from GameFAQs. So. Yes, he's <laughs> a maker of many a, a, a walkthrough, apparently. I, I probably have used your walkthroughs, and I just don't remember. I don't really yeah, look at the names. Seems I just like a lot of people the... have... <laughs> Yeah, look at the one that's got I w- either a star I was, next uh, to it playing... or the biggest size. <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody would pay attention to the author's name. It was no. like, oh, there's a guide there. And people would complain. It's like, why is there no guide for this game? But they never look at who writes these guides. No, we don't. I mean, you don't get paid for that, so we don't really care. <laughs> it's like, we're not. Yeah, that's 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 on GameFAQs. That's not but, on you. But I, I will say, you do make some fucking amazing walkthroughs, especially with the custom maps. It's really good. Do you do a lot of like ASCII art and all that stuff? Like, do you make like a very fancy intro? I, I did that once by using this this generator of some sort from this one website. <laughs> that was it. But I don't it trust. There, there's some pretty good generators where you just dump in a, an image file and it'll spit out an ASCII. Late nineties like FAQ walkthroughs before GameFAQs had like yep. their standardized format are like fucking amazing. There's like Notepad text files and there's like just some fancy ASCII art like no, showing no. the logo of the game. I, I don't it's trust. Like, okay. I don't trust a walkthrough unless it's got at least like half a page worth of ASCII art. Is what I'm saying. So. Oh, someone's talking in the background. That's fine. We'll we'll keep talking. <laughs> Chow, is that if that's your background, you want to do a push to talk or something like that, just in case. Chow, is he off? Maybe. Oh, well, we'll continue on. <laughs> just have this conversation. Mute your microphone, Chow. Jeez. He's just take. He's just wrestling his yeah, desk. Yeah, he's having fun. That's cool. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Yeah, Chow, maybe you should do a push to talk on your mic uh, and if you're going to have someone in the background, just in case. Yeah, that was a really random case where my niece dropped her entire daplet into the water. And that was- <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like going, it's like, wow, it serves a right. That's cool. <laughs> that's that's fine. I mean, if if that's not going to be a further disruption, then we'll just keep moving like that. That's fine. So Okay, no problem. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. That's cool. This is how our podcasts usually go. It's just random disruptions. When it's not my internet connection, it's someone hey, Andrea's with dog is great, by yeah. the way. It's like a guest host. Yeah, uh, dog. At times. Mm-hmm. She's like, the dog really wanted something to eat or go for a walk. So that was 
that's always the entertaining value. So before we move forward into what we've been playing and all that such, like, how's you guys' week been? I mean, we're all most of us are celebrating the three day weekend, so I'm feeling good. I had, yesterday we actually like got into work at the regular time, but they served us breakfast, so we <sighs> we actually didn't start working till ten, and we were able to get off at two, and that'll pay us for the whole day. Oh, fuck you. So it was, it was all right, but we had a very very hectic week. So I'm so jealous. Like, like for me, it's that like I get Monday off, but I don't get a paid holiday, and so it's just as if I just randomly took a day off and not that, dealt with it. It's yeah, it's no good. Yeah, it's no good. My week's been kind of insane too. Like, what was it on? Uh, I think it was um, Monday or Tuesday. So that that day was already kind of weird. Like halfway through the day, I dropped my phone and cracked the screen. So I'm already like, oh no! Uh, I wasn't too bummed out because the phone's kind of bleh. But when I, I I had to get my car uh, have an oil change, and then when I went to the shop, Yo, um, the front, Chow, Chow, hey Chow, yeah, what's up? If you're gonna talk to somebody, can you mute your microphone just in case? I'm trying to adjust the settings while I'm at it. <laughs> you don't have like a button or something like that. You... I, I like I'm not really familiar with the Skype settings, so this yes. is the first time. They, I use they, has to push to talk way under like advanced options hotkeys yeah, yeah i feel I'm like sure. it should be a standard option at the top but no it's in like buried at the bottom why is this at the bottom yeah 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 i want to tell my story yeah if you go to um tools settings then at the bottom it says advanced under hotkeys like most of the way down actually all the way to the bottom in fact it says toggle mute push to talk do you see that uh yeah i do yeah yeah, yeah. so just set a hotkey just in case I'm not going to edit any of this, by the way. This is going to be straight up in the podcast. Got <laughs> we're, professional. We're, we're also, it's like educating the listeners about how to do push to talk on their, on their microphone, just in case. That's how Skype conversations typically go. It's very professional. And that's why so many people rely on it. We'll wait till like Discord finally has that audio recording feature. Then we can get off of this. Um, but yeah, like I went to the shop to have an oil change. And then uh, the guy at the front desk said, hey, can you come here for a moment and he brought me back to my car and he's like did you notice on all four of your tires around the entire perimeter there's a crack <laughs> and so like he showed me around it and then also on the front right where i was complaining about that i was having some tire pressure problems um there was a giant screw in the exact center so oh, i drive about 30 miles to work and so, like, I was, if, uh, for, like, two or three days, I was driving to and from work just like that. At any point, all four tires could have exploded <laughs> while I was on the middle oh of the highway. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'd have all those replaced. So that was, that was, like, that was my week for the most part. <laughs> just, like, the the threat that I could have been stranded somewhere in Irvine and not and not have anywhere else to go. Because I'm I, way away from my family. So I actually, like, rely on maybe AAA or something like that. A buddy of mine and I have to like get our cars serviced tomorrow. So like I know I know I have to get like my uh, uh, get service on my radiator, and then I don't know what the hell happened to my car. But on Tuesday I take the the downward slope down Grand Avenue, yeah, uh, towards my home, and uh, just during that downward slope, my car like my engine just stalled. Like the engine light just pops oh. up, and like you can hear you like there's no more hum from the engine. So like I'm like oh fuck so like luckily like it was like heavy traffic on that slope so like i could like just kind of roll my way down that slope onto like the gas station but i but there's like a little hump to get to the gas station so like 
I had to like quickly like turn off my car and turn it back on on that slope and oh. keep on going. Oh my god, oh, that's like, that's fuck. horrifying. Yeah, especially because Grand, it's like a Grand Avenue. I mean, anyone probably who has a Grand Avenue knows how busy those streets can be, and so yes, that is super dangerous. I'm glad to hear that at least you were able to make it, and hopefully you'll get that car taken a look at. Uh, I'm glad at least you can get open on a Sunday too. That's I know it's kind of hard to find Shit. a place that's open, uh, a shop that's willing to do work on a weekend. So. Well, but, my week has been pretty uneventful, but oh. like, I, I, I was I was hosting my brother, who we just talked about moved out. Hosting? So now there's like, well, like giving him a roof over. <laughs> it's like set. an Airbnb house. Um, he just so happened to have a room. Yeah. And um, so now like he took out and took all his stuff, right? So now there's like a lot more space in my apartment. But so no like, PS4 okay, anymore. You don't have a PS4 anymore. That's the um, biggest. Matter. I just just the just the computer and the and the switch. No. Um, but I I, hung, I found some some artwork that I've been just holding on to for a while. And now I'm looking at like what furniture I need to buy to replace what he took with him. So he stole it's like, your furniture. No, his <laughs> furniture, but it, it's been here for like six months now. So oh. it's like empty. So, so it's not missing. Like, a, like there's just like some weird, awkward, empty parts of like your, your place. Right, like my, like my office desk in the corner, my bookshelf in another corner. And then the last corner is where he had his like bed for him to stay. But now there's nothing there. Like what do I get? What do I put here? Do you live, like, build a shrine? Do you live like in a studio apartment or something like that? You're like you're talking about corners, so you oh, don't it's, have like it's a two it's it's a it's a two bedroom apartment. Oh. I'm just talking about my office area it has this big empty corner now, and I don't know what to put there quite yet. Uh, a giant TV. I don't know. <laughs> yes, that's that's all I can think of. Any space, you just put a giant TV there, and then you'll have like you need a TV in your bedroom and a TV in the in the living room. That's how this operates. So you don't even need to use that TV. Just have like that TV. Just just have something in the background to make it look pretty. A fireplace. Or uh, I was I was going to uh, put a <laughs> put a figure case and then start collecting amiibo. That's what oh I was going to do. Oh no! That's I mean, uh... yeah. I thought for a second you were going to admit that you had like a giant figure collection, Brian. I was going to be kind of surprised. Oh, I have I, as of right I, now, I have no figures. Oh. I have zero. So I actually collect figures in a way. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's fine for you. It's just Brian likes to talk about how he hates anime. So I was fully well, prepared. My, I, I, wait, you're not. Uh, ever since you I will say school, here, he hates it with passion. Like I don't know what okay. it is that they teach, but ever since like like when he went to college, all they talk about is how anime is like complete shit, and it's for they the just devil. Hate, like, that kind of stuff afterwards. I did. I, mean, I did get in trouble with someone's parents because they said anime is from Satan, and so they couldn't like be around me anymore. That was a weird experience as a kid. Wow. <laughs> yeah. There so, you go. Anime's from Satan. My, yeah. yeah. A little bit off topic, but my parents were kind of the sort, not not strictly, but they went to a church where they would literally preach that Harry Potter was from oh, from oh, Satan. Oh, that was, was like, the, oh god. That was a popular thing. Like, uh, actually, I actually had an experience with another kid where it's like I had like him. I wanted him to draw like a Kingdom Hearts character. I think it was Riku, just because you know he he said I could draw anything, and I was a huge fan at the time. And I got in trouble with that family because they also said Kingdom Hearts. It looks satanic. <laughs> Some like, really religious people in Iowa, I guess. That's that's what my experience was. That's go now. I just think like I was just like man. If you show anything like slightly animated, like they're just gonna like look at you with shifty eyes. I mean, to be fair, Brian. Brian is also from Iowa, so he knows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, it's really weird because in, in Iowa, we're getting this is quite a tangent now, but in That's Iowa, right. there's a lot of churches, and here there's a lot of Catholic churches where I'm at now. So two religious areas, but still quite different. 
I was kind of open-minded though. We're more like Methodist at this point, but still, uh, there's some there's some crazies over here. That's what happens when like 99% of the state is like white. <laughs> they're all kind of they're not very welcoming at some points. So before though, let's get into uh, the games that we've been playing so we can get to this podcast proper. Now, Josh, you're apparently playing a lot of games, and so let's talk uh, about yeah. Let's talk about Dead Cells. Now, you talked a little bit about this last time, um, but it sounds like you got a little bit further into it. Yeah, I'm super into it right now. I just, uh, I was like thinking, I need, uh, I need another break from RPGs because I just finished Dragon Quest Heroes 2 and that kind of left me iffy. So I was like, I, I really need something to like oh, it's not much get me RPG, away from RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's an action RPG. Sure. But, um, so that, like, Dead Cells uh, is basically, you know, uh, it takes a lot of cues from Rogue Legacy. It's a roguelike. Every time, every time you die, you have to start over. But you do retain some of the bonuses you get from your previous life, whether it's like a blueprint that you collected or um, just any improvement, like you get money, more money back um, when you die and whatnot. And it's very much attuned to that, uh, very much like uh, Castlevania, especially if you get an electric whip in it. Um, all upgradable, whether your health, your weapons, and, and you have these two skill slots that you can... Uh, that work on a cooldown timer. So one of my favorites in it is like a, like this turret that you can like deploy like a grenade, but where it lands, it will deploy the uh, turret and it'll have like enemies aggro on it. Um, it's just the 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 look of it is very smooth. Like you think like Symphony of the Night and the way that that moves, think of it like that, but on a bigger scale. Um, and it's just it's a it's a joy to play. It's very responsive. It's it's intense. It can it can easily fuck you over if you want to. There's like these elite enemies that do a lot of damage, and I, I do like that it actually takes a, a few cues from Bloodborne in the sense that every time you take damage, there's like this uh, this colored health that you have that uh, gradually goes down. But if you hit enemies, you can uh, retain some uh, back some of that life. And I always do enjoy uh, that whole you know paradigm shift of oh like you're encouraged to be more aggressive to get back more of your health rather than just like kind of take it. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm like at a really good run uh, at a save where I'm like maybe six stages in I'm about to go to this graveyard area I have a, a really good setup on me so I'm hoping that I this will be the run where you know I I get to the point where the there's still an early access and I usually don't get many early access games the only other early access game I have is 20XX which is a really cool um, Mega Man uh, like game so hopefully I get to the part where like this game kind of ends because I'm really interested to see um, just the final version of this thing. They they claim in the early access notes that there's maybe 40 to 50 percent done, and they're planning to do a whole lot of new stuff uh, with it, along with kind of uh, just flipping it on over its head and seeing how that goes. Uh, so anyone who's really a fan of those like uh, Castlevania roguelike, uh, even uh, even a touch of like a uh, Metroid in it. Um, definitely give this a shot. It's one of my favorite, actually one of my favorite games of this year so far. Uh, it's it surprises me in many ways. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it does look like one of those. It's a good year for video games. What's that? My only experience with with roguelike is Rogue Legacy. So yeah, I mean, so a lot of it, a lot of what you're talking about does sound familiar. I only mm-hmm. played it long enough to get through like the first two zones. And I just kind of, oh, wait, no. Now that I think about it, I did also play that Final Fantasy X uh, last mission, which is basically a real Oh, uh, yeah, it kind of so, is like that, yeah. 
So that one I actually did play to completion, and I liked it. The, the nice thing about the Dead Cells in comparison to Rogue Legacy, like if you recall Rogue Legacy, kind of had like floaty physics, and it was kind of like the pace of it at times is kind of too slow for me. In Dead Cells, it's a, it's a lot faster. You have a role that it's actually pretty cool in the game where they have a toggle for uh, a role feedback. So every time you roll, you, if you flip that on, it'll like uh, like put like a blue like fade on your character, uh, signifying that like you can roll again. So you're not constantly spamming rolls, but you get feedback on like, oh, okay, I can roll uh, once again because some, for some of those enemies, rolling is very important. Um, so yeah, just the tempo of the game, I really really dig it. And then um, Vanquish came out this week on PC. Yeah, right. Yeah, I just picked it up too. It's a, still a really it's, good it's, fucking it's, game. <laughs> it's the last of those Sega games that people wanted ported, right? You're, yeah, <laughs> that's the very last of course. one of two of two, right? That's that's exactly it. Yep, that's just well, it was awful. Valkyria Chronicles, and then Bayonetta, and then I mean, if you're being that. serious, you're you're that's a lie, <laughs> but. You'll never see the third one come out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just Vanquish, uh, you know, people who don't know, it's uh, essentially a platinum game spin on the typical third-person cover shooter. Uh, Definitely, like, you know, from that era, like, of Gears, uh, and that was super popular, Gears of War. And uh, just their whole twist on it is like, what if you had rocket-propelled boots? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, or legs rather. It's like that's that sounds super rad. So uh, the PC version of it is what you'd expect from a modern port. Uh, supports 4K uh, on on cap frame rate. And I guess some people found out like uh, maybe a few days ago that the higher your frame rate is, much like in the Valkyria Chronicles PC port, the more damage you take in it. So hopefully they find a fix for that. I haven't actually died in it yet, which I'm proud of. I play on hard mode. Um, but it's it controls super fluidly. I was very surprised at how intuitive the keyboard and mouse controls are. They are they work super well for the game. I can't imagine playing it any other way now. Just uh, controller. I mean, I play on a controller still. Yeah, I, I was gonna go into it that thinking that I'd be using I'd be using controller, but I was like, I I want to try this out on keyboard and mouse and see how they pull it off. And it controls really well. I feel a lot like I feel like I'm a lot more accurate. Just on virtue and being on the mouse alone, but also just with my uh, my movements on it, because I can can uh, I can focus more on my movement more so than my accuracy, because I know that I'll be able to hit, hit my shots, uh, especially due to that uh, slow mo uh, in it, and it doesn't have like that weird like auto aim assist that the uh, the uh, console, console yeah console I was thinking controller but console uh, version had. Do you have so, that problem that you were talking about where like the higher frame rate increased the enemy damage? It, I didn't actually like notice it because I know that like I get into critical health in it like within a few shots, but yeah. I, ha- I haven't I haven't played like the original version in so long that I was like maybe this was the norm. So I I have no doubt that like that's probably the case, but I'm I, mean, I haven't really uh, run too much uh, of a problem. It was the same way with me the Valkyria Chronicles PC port where like I. I was only aware of the problem. People mentioned it to me. I, but in actual gameplay, since I, it's been a long while since I played uh, Valkyria Chronicles before the PC port. Valkyria Chronicles, it was specifically the um, the return fire, yes. like when you're moving your character or they're moving towards you when yes. it's not your turn or whatever. Oh, that okay. was like that was like tethered to the frame rate. It was also a higher like, frame rate. Oh, sorry, yeah, like Dark Souls Two, the uh, ladder, and also of course the weapon durability glitch. Oh yeah, I remember. Right, the and then uh, one one thing that doesn't seem like it 
would be tied to the frame rate at all is that originally in the sport tanks couldn't go up slopes of a certain incline. <laughs> yeah. It, like something about the frame rate and how the treads were, you know, mechanically coded into the game, you just could not go up certain inclines. Of the tanks. It's just, That's just interesting. It's just interesting, just the things you never like consider. Like, oh yeah, like those are probably tethered together in some way that no one expected when you increase the frame rate from you know 30 fps to uncapped. Yeah. So you, have to, like, you have to you have to lock it pretty much to get through the game, but, and that's the same with the vanquish. Like the AR mode apparently triggered like in a couple seconds versus like six or seven seconds. So yeah. Uh, did, did they ever fix that Valkyria Chronicles? I'm sure they, they fixed did. the um they fixed the tank part. I don't know if they ever fixed the return fire part. I think they did, I but then I I believe one of the fan mods like made it a toggle or put it back in. Uh, like the name of the mod, but there was a popular mod that like basically is hard mode for the game. I really wonder how the X hard mode is on Return Fire. Like how fast you die, <laughs> um, like immediately. Yeah, but the, I forget. I forget the fan mod specifically, but it kind of nerfs scouts, makes them not the end all be all, but they are kind of in the base game. Or... I don't and know. I think... uh, Solo Alicia is still really fun. A uh, really fun run to do in that game. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. yeah, just. Vanquish still very good. If people haven't played it yet, you should. This is uh, it's also at a decent price. It's twenty bucks mm-hmm. at the moment, but if you have Bayonetta, it's down fifteen bucks to fifteen bucks. It's so and easy that... to find that game for like fifteen bucks just normally with coupons, like on Green Man Gaming and stuff like that. So it doesn't you don't have to buy it at twenty bucks, but still, that's yeah, that's a really good price. I'm glad they're pricing them appropriately. Yes, yeah, it's an old enough game. Yeah, they were. I think they were out for PS and Puzz at one point or. Like, that's I how i played it on ps plus yeah I'm, I'm thinking it was too yeah so well i i played the game from uh at my cousin's place someone like showed this game to me i'm like this game is awesome then he told me that the game bombed horribly i'm like what it's like <laughs> see my opinion about the game itself vanquish uh i don't i don't really have a high opinion of it only because uh like I put the story, even if it's silly to say this uh, for a platinum game, but like I find story to be important. I think the story in Vanquish is awful. Like I hate the characters and I hate the story itself. Like the gameplay is kind of fun at times, but when I look at as far as the uh, benchmark for what they can do, it's Bayonetta, and because like in Bayonetta, even in the first one, I thought the story was good enough. The characters I think were pretty good, and the gameplay was really fun. So I hold that high. Vanquish, I kind of put on the lower level, especially because it's so short, um, like four or five hours. I think that yeah, I think at, that launch, asking sixty dollars for it is yeah. That's that's the that was my biggest problem. I did hear uh-huh. though that apparently there's like for the higher level or something like that. I think there's like content on this version that unlocks if you beat it. I I don't know for sure. I, I think I just there's kind the of, challenges, but I'm not sure. It. I think there was like maybe maybe a new challenge or something like that, but it wasn't really much. But yeah, for the most part, Vanquish is kind of like that uh, time attack or like you know get the high score kind of thing. That's yeah. the type of game it is. It's one of the few games that give you a score rating after you beat a level. So yeah. you're like, why is there a score rating? I there's no re- <laughs> yeah, there's no replayability <laughs> besides that. Yeah, I mean, like I remember when I first played Metal Gear Rock beat it in like five hours that game can last you 30 hours if you go for the s ranks or all the challenges but i just wasn't that into it so i kind of just played through it once and, i uh, think the only like uh platinum games game like uh product that actually like went all into was the original bayonetta because i really I, like me to me, me like the, the the slow-mo mode in bayonetta kind of hinders like the true potential of that game's combat system i like playing an infinite climax mode in that that they got rid of which time because it just the tempo of combat goes so much like 
like it go, I don't like the distractions in it. Like when, when you evade and it goes to slow mo, it's like it's okay for like the first few times, but to me it just like it slowed down the pace of the game. That's like I could do much more, uh, much more at a quicker time if this stuff wasn't here. Yeah, so I totally, I totally agree with that. But you know, for for what it's worth, you know, uh, fifteen bucks or twenty bucks in any case uh, is a great price for that game. Mm-hmm. Like at twenty bucks, it's a it's almost a no brainer. Same with Bayonetta. So hopefully yeah, they'll sure. consider Bayonetta too if they can work something like that out. But for Vanquish makes me wonder if they'll make another one of those types of games in the future because yeah i want to believe they're gonna do an anarchy reigns one and still yeah. like and somehow still Mad find World. an online community <laughs> yeah oh, man and maybe yeah. they'll make a switch version for um for bayonetta too maybe you know what i want Control a switch version of infinite space that's what I want. Oh, infinite space i totally forgot that game for a second that was like this hugely ambitious like space game that they made yeah that was the first platinum games thing ever i know like for it was weird how because uh, i think it was early last year ds stopped uh producing games like the software itself and so infinite space was um restocked, oh, yeah, that's right. and mm-hmm. like when i put po- when i tweeted about it it was pretty popular <laughs> i was like why did you guys have this type of excitement around the game when it came out because right now it doesn't really matter much <laughs> Yeah, I I hope that someone somewhere kind of revisits that, either a sequel or like a revised or re-updated version of that game. Or reimagining, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, anything. It, it was such a cool thing back then. It's like, what? On a tiny, tiny crazy. game. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty ambitious game for on a small handheld. So. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I, I did a very irresponsible adult thing uh, this week. And I think on Tuesday, I woke up at like, nearly 3 a.m. Uh, to go play two hours of Gundam Versus. And that was fucking awesome. I thought you <laughs> said, like, at the very last second, like, this is going to be a dumb thing for me to do. Yeah. <laughs> wake up that early anyway. Exactly. That, that was like, this is... The, I, I'm not that irresponsible, right? Then, sure enough, I'm like, I, I gotta do I, it. I don't think I have woken up early to play a video game and, since I was a kid. I think I would stay up late playing a game, but I don't wake up early to play a video game. <laughs> I, it's it's weird. Like I've I've done this more often than I'd like to admit because I know I've done this for a few Persona Five streams uh, when they were releasing new info on that, and um, I think I did I think I did that for the Falcom podcast too up on the site. That was at an ungodly hour, but it was fun. I mean, you know, working around schedules and whatnot. But Gundam versus is um, more of what you expect. It's two versus two uh, arena fighter. There's some uh, really cool like enhancements to it i wrote a an article uh that goes really in depth on it mm-hmm. on the site on a new branching path um but up. the yeah the two new additions that I'll, I'll mention here is one there's a new like a uh, striker system in it um which is uh basically like if you think about like choosing a character in a fighting game you can actually like choose like like another move for them so like after you choose your character you have like this whole list of like strikers or assist units that you can call upon in battle and the the way this works is that when you uh, they, you have a set amount of them per life that you can use on them, and they can, they come in all shapes and sizes. Some fire off beam rifle shots, some fire off multiple ones, some fire off bazookas, some fire off little machine gun pellets. And uh, one that I really liked was like uh, it charged up like this uh, be- sniper beam rifle that uh, fires really fast once it uh, shoots out and can pretty much like knock down uh, enemy units uh, if it connects. Um, so that that's a weird thing to think about because all these strikers are shared among the cast. They're not like, hey, you choose this unit and only you can only has this uh, like 
selection of like three strikers. It's like, no, if you actually like un- quote unquote unlock those strikers, supposedly in the full version, any of the uh, games roster can use that. So I'm kind of interested to see how that develops in the like in the competitive scene for that. And um, another like uh, big change in it was is this new boost dive system. So in uh, these games, you have uh, this boost gauge that is uh, super important uh, to how you move in that game because the the lower your boost gauge is when you land, the more re- uh, it the more time it takes to recover from that landing and get uh, moving again. So usually it's always almost advisable to not land on an empty boost gauge. And if you uh, completely completely deplete it, you'll go into this overheat state that you can no longer boost, and it'll take an ungodly uh, long time for you to actually recover um, once you land on the ground. So uh, this boost dive system now assigns like a separate button to your layout, and you can just immediately uh, fall from where you are. And uh, so this like it's a weird thing to think about, but so. When you uh, boost dive, you can't do any other action. You have to land first when you uh, boost dive. And also, it consumes like a, a chunk of your boost gauge as well. So like using it uh, too much will make you predictable so people can anticipate it. And if you do it when you're too low on boost already, we'll just add on, uh, add on more recovery time to how, how long you actually want to you know, stay still, which is almost never in those kinds of games. So, I mean, uh, go check it out. Uh, go check my article out. I won't uh, talk about it too much here. I had a, a lot of fun with it. And I'm I'm glad that it's, like, you know, getting localized for North, North America and Europe this fall. I just didn't think we'd get an English version. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm There's a lot of smart changes in it. And I'm really looking forward to this, uh, what they're calling this next generation of uh, Gundam fighting games. Waiting for a Gundam versus take over the West as it did in Japan. Did you um, see? Like, yeah, they really they reveal the box art, and it's identical to the Japanese yeah. one. So they <laughs> didn't like, want to change. Well, well yeah, speaking I, I, of Gundam, though, it's like, have you heard about that new anime where they have oh, uh, six not... minute episodes? Oh yeah, the Twilight Axis, Twilight Axis one. It's like a uh, six episodes, like three minutes each, with the final one being like double that or something like that. <laughs> oh, it's like one of those give. It's it's like one of those gimme like screen shows where like all they can't afford a big budget, so they just put a few episodes of like three minutes each. So that's... I, I think people like tallied up like the the total amount of time all those episodes would uh, air, and like the grand total of that uh, thing is like. Exactly Exactly, like 24 minutes. I think. <laughs> just an episode. Yeah. Fun. So, okay, I mean, it's, it's, I'm okay with that. I'm. It looks pretty, and maybe that's all they really care about at that point. I'm okay. That's cool. So that's it, and that's been pretty much it. Is there anything else that you're looking forward to playing? I know, obviously, you'll be playing some more of. Is that Gundam versus uh, Beta the, over? It's it was over for now, but what they're doing they're doing a really weird thing with this uh, for the Japanese version. And throughout the month of June, every weekday from five to six a.m., they're gonna open up that trial version for just an hour, and then close it back up till the next day. Oh my gosh, I hate when that happens. Like it's I, it's like this weird schedule. I guess it's so yeah. that they can be attentive towards it. I guess. I mean, I don't know. If I I don't really like that uh, setup because it, I. I don't know if I want to wake up that early for it. No. But I it comes out on July know. 6th over there. And, I was going to yeah. say, Josh, did you play this Gundam game that Namco released that was free from the Japanese? I don't know. Oh, Battle, Battle Operation Next. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you play that before? I, I remember the gacha game and somewhat. You had to pay in order to, like... 
it's it's free, but like you have to like I think you have to like unlock units via some currency in the game. I never really tried it out. I maybe downloaded and tried a few rounds, but I was like, this is not as good as my other Gundam game. I'm gonna go back to that one. <laughs> so I'm no. I played that actually because I remember. I think I remember like you said Battle Operation Next. Yeah, there, there's a, there's one for PS3. It's, a, it's just called Battle Operation, and one on PS4 called Battle Operation Next. So. Oh, okay. Maybe I was thinking about Gundam Conquest or something like that. Oh well. Oh yeah, that's the the um, one of the one of their mobile games. One of the, like ten thousand Gundam mobile games. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why I'm getting confused because there's so many of them. I'm probably yeah. Mix them up. That's cool though. Anything anything else you're looking forward to playing though? Um, you said I more wanna... trails, right? Did you beat yeah. trails? I haven't beat Trails yet. That's kind of like my go-to RPG. Yeah, it's okay. I I got it. All right. Uh, I'll tell uh, you. I've beaten every Trails game except the third. Why? Why? I skipped the third because when Zero Nothing. came out, I'm like, oh, there's no reason to play the third. I'm just going to go straight to Zero. And everyone's like, you're missing out. I'm like, I don't feel lost. I know what's going on. And, and I don't know. But people kept saying I was missing out, so... Oh, I, I think you, you do miss out on, on virtue of it just being a really good fucking game. Um, I the only other thing that I've really dabbled with is that arms test punch thing, and that's super fucking cool. I really like arms, but I'll talk more about it at the full release. But I have very good first impressions on so that. So it's thing. not a gimmick, is it? No, it's not really a gimmick. Like, it does. It, I will say the reveal of that, uh, just initially, it like looks super fucking lame. I was like, I, I don't know if this has. Yeah, legs. I watched it. It was like yeah. I thought it was like a gimmick, just taking over the fat sort of thing. I'm like, no way, I'm gonna play no, this. No, no, this is it's a whole different beast. It actually reminds you of Gundam in a lot of ways, which is a good, always a good thing. To I, I will ask one question. Did you play with like the split Joy-Cons motion controls or did you play with something like a Pro Controller? I, I did play with the split Joy-Con motion controls and that works very well for me. I was surprised at how like responsive it was to my movements. And I, I don't really feel like much um, difficulty with them outside of like the occasional um, like accidental guard because when you go uh the guard you have to like hold in your hands a little and like sometimes i just uh do that unintentionally but other than that it's uh it works really well with the motion controls i, I like it a lot but Sweet. that's about it for me cool so moving on then brian well speaking of trails i wrapped that up a couple weeks ago i know adam was on the podcast and talked about it pretty extensively so i won't like go too in depth uh about the game i did review it for the site mm-hmm. um the thing that i was worried about the game going into it is that i kind of knew going in that it was going to be more like an anthology game focused on different characters like it doesn't move the macro plot forward it's like self-contained for the most part but i do think that the viewpoints that it gives for the characters that didn't get a lot of you know screen time in the earlier uh Trails in the Sky titles, uh, like Colonel Rich, things like that. And then also it gives you a viewpoint into some of the other games in the series, like Cold Steel and Crossbelt titles, which who knows if we'll ever see those in English. But it's I enjoyed it a lot more than I initially would going in. I think what they were going for was when they started Zero, they were like, there's too much thing to explain, and we can't do that, so we need an extra game to cover that problem. And that's why they created the third. Yeah, that, that's what I explained on the on the last podcast too. It's just like it, Falcom just at some point during Zero Development, it's like, oh shit, we gotta fill in the uh, the blank for a lot of people out there. So, yeah, that's and then the, like 
I thought like for the first two Trails in the Sky games, they're the strict moment-to-moment gameplay and the world map exploration and the race reveal stuff. I thought it was functional, but it wasn't like stellar. It wasn't why people were playing that game for the most part. But then in Trails Third, I think it went very lean. It gives you a lot of characters from the start. Every character has a full like orbit from the start that you can play with. I thought the added flexibility just made that portion of the game a whole lot more stronger. Because by the time you play that game for two and a half, three hours, you've got seven or eight characters, a ton of orbments to give them, where five or six hours into Trails 1, for instance, you're, you're barely unlocking orbments, you're casting low-level heal or fire, not doing a whole lot. You might have one or two crafts, and it's just kind of not very fun to go through that unlocking process, where Trails 3rd is just kind of like, here's here's the whole weapon set, uh, here's here's every tool in the game, go nuts. Yeah. You know what, what's to. funny, though? If you play the Vita version which never came to the West, they force you to start upgrading all the orbit slots at level one instead of where you're kind of fully semi-upgraded in the oh, that's PC weird. version. Yeah. And, well, but, not everyone in the PC version has full No, but I'm but, saying like... But, in but the, half of them do. But like when I started the, the one on the Vita, I was like, everything's at zero. I'm like, what the hell? It's like, it's no, none of the orbits are upgraded. They're all at zero and you have to upgrade. But they give you more uh, Cephas or whatever you call it, to upgrade it. So I guess it makes up for them starting at level one. Right. The game gives you a ton of sepas, so you can build a ton of orbs or orbments. Uh, it basically is just telling you, you know, it, it, it doesn't want you to have to grind to have to, make, to to get your characters to do cool things. It basically is just allowing you to go nuts, like I said. Just, oh, you've already got level four or higher orbments on most of your characters as soon as you get them. Just, just have fun. And it's kind of nice because you get a character like I never used, for instance, Zen that much games. Let me just give him, you know, some really strong orbments and you know, throw him into my party for a, a chapter or two. It's it just it's very flexible game. It carried the game since it had kind of a I don't want to say weaker, but a less focused main main. I narrative. also yeah, I also do like in the third that you know the 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 moon and star doors and the sun doors like this. So you need like specific like character configurations and combat for them so you're kind of pushed to you know experiment with those characters and see how they work with each other how well they do solo for instance and it's just it gives you like these really neat like almost puzzle like battles on really exploring like this character's role in battle and how, how to really make them shine uh i thought that was i, I cool. wish i wish more of them had kind of that trial going into the door because the very first door you run into has a trial for tita so you basically have to learn how to how to use her if you don't know how to use her very well. But then like the next 10 or so that you run into don't have a, you just kind of go into it and inside the door itself, there might be a battle or two, but it's not a focus. And then towards the end of the game, into focus again, where there's mm. there's one that there's one where you use Ren and there's one where you use Josh and Estelle. And I, I kind of just wish that middle series of doors had the same level of focus, but uh, yeah. I think all of, well, I was going to say, I was. I, I think they tried to add some more in the Vita version, kind of, like, not like give, like, new doors, but trying to expand that content to Trials. Like, for example, you fight one of the secret bosses in the arena, they added an extra boss from one of their crossbell games that wasn't there, so oh, kind of changed the balance things. From oh. what I understand, the PC version has all of the extras from the PSP version, including, like, uh, that extra arena fight and an extra trivia mode, but That's... then the, the the handheld version also had, I think, I might not have this right, um, a little bit of censorship with regards to the last door or so, and the 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 P 
and has the original content, not not trimmed or, or anything like that. So it's kind yeah. of like a director's cut. The Vita version is a lot different. It's those those ports are kind of bashed around all over the place because the music was different and the first two kind of changed the gameplay system. Like the the was it FC and SC? They have the orbit from uh, Cold Steel. Then people freaked out about it, so they kind of went back to the old one for the third version. But they were just like trying to like tinker with the balance issue for the for the Vita release of those games. Yeah, evolution, evolution seems right. wild. Uh, those evolution versions. Yeah, I don't See, like that artwork nearly. I, as much. I don't. I don't like the music, the remixed music in them at all. That's why they have a DLC where you can pay for the original music. <laughs> Assholes. There's actually uh, <laughs> just speaking of which, there actually is a fan uh, project going on right now where they're trying to uh, transfer the translate the localization for uh, Trails in the Sky over to the Evolution games and just release it as as that. And it's actually almost done. It's supposed to be out, I think, sometime really soon, like the first one. So I just thought I'd throw that out there for people who want okay. to know. All right. So, yeah, they'd have all the voice lines in it. I think that's like the one super big improvement. Yeah. Because And mm. the music, right? Didn't the music get touched up? Uh, I, I, they, it did get remixed, uh, a remixed yeah. OST, but they're not good. I oh. personally do not like them at all. Oh, I know that. I just meant as far as the changes. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear good things about it. I actually listened to it because... Uh, uh, Falcon put all their soundtracks on Spotify, so I did listen to it. I'm like, I'll just go back to the original. Yeah, <laughs> we'll move back. That's cool. Um, I'm I'm glad that people are enjoying Trails the Third. It's uh, it's really good. So the game that I reviewed for the site in May is Prey from Arcane Studios in Bethesda. So kind of a different beast, not something you'd really expect to see on RPG site, but uh, Bethesda. You can say what you want about the Fallout 4 shortcomings or Skyrim's maybe lack of innovation about their developed titles, but I do think that as a publisher, like they have been knocking it out of the park in terms of the quality of games they're backing, like Dishonored and the Wolfenstein game and Doom and now Prey. Mm-hmm. So uh, if someone who really likes kind of those narrative-driven first-person shooter experiences, they're definitely kind of at the top of my list. So uh, Prey... If you've played like Bioshock or even Deus Ex, it's kind of got a similar sort of, you know, FPS with RPG element in. That's not really unique anymore to have, you know, skill trees or or a character quest or things like that. But I do think that it executes on those ideas very well. I mean, in, in games like Dishonored, it's not uncommon to like while you're undergoing your, your main quest or whatever that you come across, you know, I'll say this sarcastically, audio logs you know, roll your eyes and they'll just haphazardly you know, spit out safe codes or passwords or locations of keys. It's, you know, none of that's treading new ground, but Prey kind of does it in a way where it's pretty interesting and it makes you want to understand, like, who the characters are in this game. Because it takes place upon a derelict space station where it's gone down and there are a few survivors, but most of the people are dead. So you're kind of learning about what their lives were before the outset of the game. And... Obviously, there is some of that, you know, rote. You, you find someone's note about a safe key, a safe passcode. You go to that safe, you get a thing. It's, you know, nothing interesting. But they're also written, some are written in a way where you genuinely and genuinely want to learn more about these characters. For instance, you come, you come across this one doctor's office, and his room is kind of strewn around and not very organized. And you go to his desk, and you see a note on there, and it says, I forget the exact date. May 23rd, May 23rd, May 23rd, written like 11 or 12 times. And you're like, what sort of note is this? 
And then you go to his emails and you learn that he's been having trouble with his memory and he forgot his his wife's name. Oh, and shit. That, wow. and, and, and that date was his like anniversary. And he was desperately trying to not forget it because the uh, the game involves the use and the science behind neuromods, basically the psychic magic powers of the game or whatever. But, it, it you know, it kind of fucks up your memory. So uh, he was one of the ones struggling with that. And it's just kind of like it's it's you know, it's it's interesting to read and piece together. And there's lots of other similar smaller character stories and it's it makes you want to like slowly learn like where does this person live what 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 did this person you know do throughout the day what was the role in the station and it's it was a lot of fun like i i went and made sure i went through my my quest list and followed them all through because i wanted to see them all to the end i didn't i didn't want to just like critical path it and ignore it all it was legitimate and i wanted to see it did you run into like any weird bugs or anything on your playthrough I did not run into any bugs. The only like uh, issue that I ran into on a technical, I played on PlayStation Four, and the loading times are uh, awful. <laughs> um, when you're first going through the game, like the first half of the game, when you're exploring the base for the first time, it's not really an issue because you know you go through a door, let's say 45 seconds. I, I didn't actually time it. But then you have then you spend two hours exploring a new section of the base, and it's you know minimal impact. You don't really care. But then it's in the back half of the game where you're retrekking, um, where you, oh, I, I need to revisit this area now that I have this new power, or this new weapon, and it's three areas away, which means I got to go through three loading screens, and it just, that's when it really starts to take your toll, when, you know, what should be a little five-minute diversion, like, oh, I got to retrek back to the crew quarters to do something. But oh shit! There's four loading screens on the way there, and that's yeah. kind of, and yeah. so I, I I literally found myself like oh get a loading screen let me go up and heat up some coffee or find a snack like I literally <laughs> they they were long enough where I literally get up and um you know occupy my time for a bit and like it was a huge hamper on my enjoyment in the back yeah. half of the game that's not good uh, and so that's so that that's something that maybe could be fixed or if mm -hmm. I played on the PC version with an SSD uh you know moderated but even from a design standpoint the back half of the game kind of still suffers from a complementary problem where as you the enemies in all the areas can get a little bit stronger a little bit more annoying you have more weapons at your disposal but at the same time you've also you've also fully explored these areas like if you're trekking if you're trekking back through the crew quarters you don't need to peek into every room and see what on you're just trying to get to a certain place to to uh to fill a quest out or to to, to run no an errand of, uh, so fast travel so you uh no okay. so you so you end up kind of just ignoring the enemies bolting through uh killing out the easy ones just kind of ignoring them just just kind of like you know you got shit to do i don't need to like trudge along and take this slow because i've already been here i've already kind of you know on on you know lifted up every rock and turned over every stone uh and then the loading screen exasperate that so in the last like five hours of the game the game went from like a nine or an eight to, a, to an eight or seven to me just because it just kind of got um like it just kind of mm -hmm. wore me down just kind of like uh, another loading screen more annoying and you just want to get it done you're like at the last stretch of the game you just want right. to so it out. i will say like the first half of my experience with that first 12 hours or whatever stellar i loved it cool. the back the back half uh just it it, it ends on a sour note oh. uh the ending is kind of I, 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 this is probably a bad idea to invoke this, but it's very Mass Effect 3, where it kind of is presented in a way where your choices don't matter. Um, so they matter a little bit, but basically it's like 
it's 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 set up in a way where if they're if they are to follow up on this reboot of Prey or whatever, they don't need to account for the actions of the first game because they all lead into resolve or not. It, yeah, the the resolution is kind of the same regardless. So that's also a little bit of a bummer. If but yeah, they were I to make a sorry, if they were to make a Prey two, what would be like your top two I mean, or three things you want them to improve? <laughs> they did make a Prey two. I they know you know what I mean. Yeah, I know. God damn it. Uh, let's see. You can't I don't say bounty think, hunting. I don't think they would need to adjust the formula much. Um, if they could make it, like, let's say they was on stronger hardware or something like that or had more development time, who knows. Uh, if they could make it where the the ship or the location or whatever wasn't segmented into discrete zones. Let me see if I can think of an example. Like, like Dragon Age Inquisition, not fully open world. Every zone has, like, a name and a discrete you're in one area, you go to the other area, there's a loading screen in between. If they can make it open, not because it has to be open world, but just be, just so that it wasn't so discreetly, I am in the crew quarters, now I am in the shuttle bay, now I'm in the... It just feels kind of manufactured, like mm-hmm. a big green door between these things. Like, yeah, that's how a ship would obviously, you know, laid out, right? Like, no, not really. It's only designed that way because it's a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they could open it up more... Um, Obviously, if the technology was there where they could do that, uh, I think it would feel more organic. It, it wouldn't feel so like one one contributing point point to that is that a lot of the quests in the game involve you needing to find certain you know crew members dead or alive. You can go to the security stations, which will basically list the crew members um, and whether their status is dead or alive or unknown, and it will even like tell you which crew member like belonged to which area of the ship. Like these are the crew quarters crew members. These are the shuttle bay crew members. These are the arboretum crew members. Like it just feels kind of manufactured. Like is that really how how, yeah, how that listing feel, how the directory would be? You just feel it's, like too video gamey at times. Like it's right kinda, exactly. So I think if they could that, just kind so of yeah if they bend a little more and make it not so video gamey. Uh, sometimes being video gaming is great. Like for instance, I think the, the other game I've been playing this uh, month is Zelda, and there's a lot of aspects of that that are extremely video gamey. Um, you know, collecting four shrines and trading yes, it for a party. Yes, it's very video game uh, game. <laughs> but but that game works for it. Prey, which is trying to immerse you, and it's kind of you know supposed to plant you into this role where you're supposed to like uncover a narrative, whether it's a primary narrative or a side story of a character, it's to have this sort of thing blinking, uh, screaming at you, hi, game right there is kind of... Yeah, there's a bit uh, of cognitive inc- dissonance. Inc- yeah, incongru- incongruent, where Zelda is not very narrative-driven, so it's screaming at you, I'm a video game, doesn't come across in the same way. So, so that's Prey. I liked it. Um, As breaking the fourth wall kind of thing? It's like, not really a fourth wall thing, just kind of a well, this is only designed this way because it has to be a video game sort of thing, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, I see what you, uh, what you mean. It's just like they're the way they're framing it, it's like you're supposed to get, so, get so, like a cinematic experience out of it. You, you feel like you're kind of playing it in a movie, but more interactive. But the way they kind of design, like, say, level design, it's just, it's just super on the nose about, hey, remember there's a video game. Like, like say, color-coded doors 
on a space station. It's like you, they're not all spray painted. Oh, like, I, I, like yeah, and another, and that also that also kind of manifests itself in another way in the enemy design. And I talked about this in my review. Like there's uh, some there's for instance there's your there's your typical bipedal enemy soldier. You know he he does regular attacks. He's pretty easy to take down. But then there's a version of him that uses electric attacks. He has like an electric aura. And then there's a version of him that uses psychic attack purple. And then there's a version that uses fire attacks and he's red. And that just also kind of screams like video game. Like, oh, this is, that's the, that's the red choo-choo. That's the yellow choo-choo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's very much like I, again, just kind of screaming, I am a video game. And it's just kind of like. <laughs> Think of it like, like if, imagine Bloodborne for a second, like, you know, how there were no more fog gates and that you would just go in there and then a boss encounter would uh, spring up. Like just imagine if that, that was taken out. And instead of that, they just uh, put like blood on the wall saying there's a boss encounter through this door. <laughs> right so so i think of, of any if they do follow up on this and i hope they do because it's it's interesting to see uh this sort of because a lot of you know games are going towards games as a service multiplayer component mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it which is good i've played a little like games like overwatch which is free this weekend or whatever um and it's fun but i do kind of like these single like has a beginning has an end you know narrative experience and that's wrapping back around how i started my my little talk here, like that's kind of what Bethesda has been pushing a little bit with some of their publishing partnerships. So I, I hope they continue to do that. Okay. So that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to look forward to if we're going to hear more about Wolfenstein and Machine Games follow up to that. So I still need to play that new Wolfenstein. I've heard so many great things about it. It's installed. I just can't get around to it. Yeah, I haven't. I think, I think I think I think it's I think it's good. It's kind of been like outshadowed a little bit. Boom and even like Prey and Dishonored 2 and maybe even Deus Ex because Wolfenstein is very much a very linear it's like a Bioshock kind of shooter game. yeah but yeah so it has been kind of outdone it's but for when it came out in 2014 or whatever it was I don't know it was a strong release and a strong debut for machine games so I'm, I'm excited to see if they go like Assassin's Creed 2 on on their sequel or whatever you know really polish it up hmm. still worth playing though I think it's still a great game that's still worth playing, even if it's been "quote unquote" un- overshadowed. It's still a great game. So, and then the last game I played this month that I already touched on a little bit is Zelda. Um, kind of the opposite of Prey. It's not very narrative driven. It's just very much open. Here's I don't want to say sandbox, but here's a here's a playground for you to go in. Here's an amusement park. Uh, just kind of go and do your thing. And I, I I'm finally <laughs> amusement park Zelda. Oh, amusement park! Literally, no, I didn't mean that. Is the, is the first is the first <laughs> DLC out for Breath of the Wild yet? No, the the, the first know. DLC is the first DLC is pretty minor, isn't it? Isn't it just the hard mode? And... I, yeah, the Heroes Path thing. They have some of the like characters from like previous Zeldas, so like kind of be there as items. Like I think Majora's Mask or something is wearable. I forgot the details. Well, um, I'm at the I, point I in the game where I'm. State. Uh, it's summer 2017, I think, so not so soon, but no date. Okay. But I'm at the point of the game where I'm kind of wrapping up. Like, I'm not a completionist, but at the same time, I kind of want to see, like, what armor sets are there? If I, do I want to grab any or whatever? I've already finished shrines. I'm not going to finish Koroks because there's, you know, 9 million of them. I think, yep. I, I think I found, like, about 100 naturally, and I'm like, that's pretty good, right? That's a passing With the rate. first DLC, you can get a Korok radar. <laughs> well, uh, but... So I'm at the point where I'm kind of just, you know, looking up, like, what armor sets are available? Like, do I want to just, you know, close this book, Hyrule Castle, and finish it? Or do I want to put a few more hours into it? 
but I enjoyed it a lot. I, th I think that Zelda really needed that shakeup after uh, the last couple. Of so I'm, I'm very glad that Nintendo tried something different and it worked out for them. Yeah, you know? definitely. So, this is this is obviously a very a game that people were very anxious about because of an open world Zelda game. Even if Zelda's awesome, uh, Nintendo hasn't really made an open world game before. So it, yeah, I totally am there with you that it sounds like everyone. Well, part yeah, part off. part of the reason I want to finish. Because when that DLC comes out, the second one, the winter one or whatever, yeah. I kind of want to be at a point where, because that's supposed to have new story content, whatever that is. It's yeah. So I kind of want to be at a point where I can jump straight into that. So, so I'm trying to wrap up, so I'm ready to go when that, whenever we find out details of that. So it's, that's Dude, been... you have to beat your Switch version, Brian. Switch. Uh, I got a Switch just for it. Like yeah. oh, okay. several, several right. other people. Like, I, I can do not have question. any other. I do not. Have... <laughs> Other game on my switch right now other than Zelda, uh, which well, is fine <laughs> i got a few games on my switch but like i actually really like the switch it's, it feels like a vita successor to me even though it's fun like that i, no, I, I still i still really games. dig the switch man like if well, you're there's, there's that, like there's arms that, fuck. Uh, the psp3 at e3 right yeah there was that the rumor <laughs> apparently like yeah the square enix so uh i hope it's not just like like a v, like a switch clone because every time when like Nintendo announced something like the Wiimote. They have that PlayStation Move. I just hope it's not like some some ripoff, you know? Oh, it hell yeah, it will be. Don't be don't be don't be silly, man. I would actually love that because I think the biggest problem with the Vita is that it tried to bring PS3 games at least at the time to the Vita, and then eventually want to be PS4 games on the Vita. And obviously, Sony won't really do a great job in supporting it as they always have with every other handheld. It's always going to be the third parties. And so I think the idea of being able to, if not have a dock, have ability to just plug the handheld into the TV and play it on your TV like that, and it uh, powers up a little bit. I just think have, that'd be perfect. I think that would like, beat Nintendo at its own game. PS4 portable. Just just to have like a little disc tray that you pop out of that and then put in a Blu-ray. Just PS4 I just want to Pro portable. <laughs> yes. Could you just portable get that, that screen adapt? Was it that screen add-on that people attach to the back of their PS4? Or that's not portable. Are you talking about the Hori screen, just like with the yeah, PlayStation yeah, yeah, One? Yeah, that's 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 not going to happen. But I think that honestly, because it's yeah, it's not portable unless you had like a giant battery pack. They'd be like carrying around a Game Gear at some point, like a giant, giant. Oh man! Um, but speaking about the Switch, I am like super excited for it. I'm not really interested in Mario Kart or Arms or Splatoon, so it's kind of Zelda. I'll kind of be on a holding pattern for a bit yeah but i am interested obviously in a fire emblem title for it uh maybe you... we'll see uh oh yeah xenoblade yeah whether that's 2017 or not uh, <laughs> well but... my most anticipated game is that project octopath finder yeah. or whatever that oh, yeah. that's my most anticipated game it looks like a saga game and it's made by the bravely default company so i think it's has potential oh it's no doubt it's gonna be cool did you see that trailer for a uh, golf story because i shared that uh, i don't know I, I think i shared it on the rpg side account but basically it's just um it's a top-down uh sprite based golf game with exploration adventures where you actually go to towns and talk to people and then you like level up your equipment or at least unlock new equipment um but also just play golf and it's got like the All same right. it looks really really cool and i'm actually like it's only for, so far it's only for the switch i'm like man if i had a switch that's like one of those games that i would love to buy if i had a switch it looks really um cool. i heard gamestop called it uh i mean uh, gamespot called it a uh, earthbound clone as their news article, I was like, "What is this in golf story? Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? Wow! I was like, like fake art. So I clicked huh. on. 
I was like, what's this Earthbound clone? It doesn't look oh. like Earthbound at all. But it, whoever wrote that, I think, was just trying to get some clicks. I don't know. I'm not I'm not uh, uh, legend anything at this point, but that does not look like an Earthbound game. It looks and like... It's yeah. 2D. They call it Earthbound nowadays. It's I, still, I, I gotta admit, I still play a, I play a shit little Garo on my Switch. Just like whenever I find yeah. like some dead time and I just want to play some Switch, I actually just go back to Garo on it. Does that game have an online mode? I might nope. get it. No, no, <laughs> no, it doesn't. I just go through the, the, the arcade mode. I, I've already found like a weird graphical glitch on it. If you remember that train stage in Garo, or like it, it goes to different stages depending on like where you uh, end up in the round. So if you get to round three, you're back on a, on the train, but on like a bridge. But the like the background of the bridge, there's like a weird gl- like graphical glitch going on as like it it fades, uh, goes through the level. It's it's super distracting. But other than that, it seems all right. Oh, so <laughs> by the way, for people who are unaware, it's Garo Mark of the Wolves, the fighting game. People that are oh, like, yeah. what's Garo? So, yeah, Brian, is, are you saying like you have nothing else really for your Switch? You're probably going to be sticking to other platforms until you have something else you want to play? Yeah, like Hopefully once I'm done with E3. Zelda. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, E3 is obviously, yeah, what is that, two weeks away? Yeah. So I did all right, I'm going to get Puyo Puyo Tetris on the Switch. We're going to play Byron, Brian at E3. <laughs> Hey, I just bought it too. Maybe we can play together. There you go. I heard uh, Tetris is top tier in that game. If you're a god at it, apparently Tetris wins Puyo Puyo by twenty nine to one. But like one percent, less than one percent of the population are Tetris gods, yeah. so Puyo Puyo wins. Puyo Puyo Tetris <laughs> esports. Like, come on, at least can I just have some fun? <laughs> like, I, I watched the pros playing. Of the Tetris pros is, play. <laughs> that just seems so impossible. weird. It's impossible. Yeah, this 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 is kind of a weird. It's kind of a weird diversion, but one game I wanted to get to for a while now that I haven't gotten a chance to is the Pillars of Eternity DLC, the White Marsh. Yeah, like I've I've, I've kind of been I've kind of been uh, eternally putting it off when it first Eternal, came out. Eternal, like, well, yeah. uh, when I when it first came out, I was like, oh, I'm gonna wait for both parts. Then and then both parts came out. I'm like, well, I just played uh, Tyranny, yeah. which you know, kind of same thing. And then like I just still have put it off and put it off. But that, I'm going to learn more about the sequel, uh, Deadfire. Uh, at E3, so I'm kind of like, hey, you know what? If the sequel's coming out, I gotta, you know, quote unquote, catch up. So, yeah. Yeah, once I'm done with Zelda, maybe I'll boot that up on Steam and see what it's all about. Yeah, so I already have like I'm playing Zelda, characters, yeah, so, so hopefully, when it takes, yeah, or just play Zelda. Just, yeah. just keep, just you know, go go for the 900 Korox. That'll keep me. Yes. So you're gonna have, you're gonna have <laughs> that, and then Divinity Original Sin 2 uh, had a release announcement, which I'm blanking on right now, and that's like early fall. So. You can just carry yourself through and play a bunch of CRPGs for the rest of the year. How about that? Yeah, Divinity Original 2 has been on early access for a while, yeah. but I, I want to wait for 1.0 or whatever. Yeah, and the original, the full release date is 1.0. September 7 September or September 7. or something. I don't right. remember exactly. Oh, man. I'd, I'd wait for uh, Divinity uh, or Original Sin 2 AIR, A Realm Reborn. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that, yeah, Divinity Original Sin of 1.0 the original game was a lot better than the beta the early access version was so you're you're doing the right thing by waiting because a lot of a lot of content was missing up until that point a lot of story content so why would you why would you start now when you can wait for that so so is that's it's pretty much it then so with chow uh you want to talk more about fire emblem echoes Uh, of course we had adam on before to talk about it but we wanted to know what your thoughts were after having beaten it Uh, i think it's a great game but there are certain things that i don't I think they could use it to make it better. It's like, like you know, it's too faithful of a remake. You know, some of the map design were just as clunky as the original for the Nintendo. And I thought, you know, yeah, you played Gaiden, right? 
just a bit of it. And okay. you know, the swamp maps are exactly the same. And Fuck. I thought, God damn it. <laughs> and I, I thought it's like, it's like, God damn it. Could they make it better? I mean, I know it's a remake, but you can't stay that faithful, right? Yeah. So some basically some, like, there are still some things. Oh. Yeah, so some guidance like downfalls is definitely like just very clunky, too big map design, and it took forever, especially on that hardware, to just navigate through them. Yeah, so. I was playing on hard mode, and some of those maps were a complete drag trying to get through because either you're stuck in the desert or you're in the swamp, and if you try to like blitz, like try to blitz through, you get ambushed by like archers, and like whoever designed that was a dick. <laughs> That's, so I watched the, I recently watched I, I watched my brother play it a little bit and I watched the Easy Allies review and they kind of gave it their their conventional four stars out of five um, but they their reviews do I think good work on you know t highlighting both the strengths and weaknesses and it seems like that's a pretty common complaint about the map design kind of adhering to those NES limitations that they no longer to but they just didn't really refresh that very much so there's those weaknesses are they still gotta keep there. the legacy of Gaiden okay yeah. The biggest, the best part about it is the voice acting, though. I mean, like now everything is fully voiced, except for some of the random NPCs there. But so remind me, um, Awakening was eight four, Fates House, and this is again back to eight four. Do I have that right? Yes, it's made by eight four. Um, if you if you're like into the voice actors and stuff, uh, a lot of the voice casts are the same from Near Automata. They have um, was it nine S is is Om, um. Was it uh, A two is my like like the cast is basically the exact same as near basically. And That's near great. Is <laughs> one of those few you know strongly rooted in you know Japanese company game where I see everyone and praise the dub like subbed or dubbed and I see the vast majority of people for English speakers saying, you know, the dub is great. You can go, you're safe with the dub. So uh, I, I, think I, that's still prefer, I still prefer the sub, but, uh, <laughs> but, but it wasn't bad. They were great. But well, you would say that Echo is, uh, if you if you had the, uh, does it come with both voice tracks or no? No, it's it's only single audio. Like I have the Japanese version as well, and like certain characters, um, I really like in the Japanese version was like uh, Bertuk. Like he has he has Noctis from Final Fantasy Fifteen voicing him, and so every time shit happens to him, this guy is just raging and going insane, and it's just hilarious. <laughs> So in both languages, they've got some pretty decorated voice actors taking up on some yeah. of the roles. Good to know that they put the you know, like. What's funny is the that 9, the Japanese voice for 9S is also 9S. I mean, the Japanese voice for Om is also 9S. <laughs> I, I'm right. guessing that they're gonna. Type does does Om just yeah, does Om just fit that 9S character type? Character? It's like how Matthew Mercer kind of just like anytime Sugita is cast in a role, it's usually Mercer is the one who does the the same character that Sugita voices, and it's actually it complements him well. Like the, the Mercer totally nails down kind of like the mannerisms that Sugita uh, goes for uh, in his roles. It's it's real good stuff. I I like kind of like that pairing. Not the budget Troy Baker now, is he? <laughs> no, mm -mm, definitely not. He's his own thing. Now. Any other things with Pyro Echoes that like stood out to you in comparison to Gaiden? Because I, it's hard to like find players who actually played Gaiden. I haven't been play, able to play Echoes well, yet. I think the best thing about it is the story. It's it's expanded upon. The only thing I didn't really like was Celica's uh, last act route. I feel that whatever intelligence system was trying to portray over here, I think that they kind of went the wrong way of writing it. I mean, everyone was kind of out of character, and it just kind of made no sense. Mm. 
Like, I, I think they should have just stuck with something else. I mean, the original was a lot more simplified, and here they try to add more to the damsel in distress kind of story, and it just kind of ruins it. Yeah. Um, what, what would you like to see, like, in, like, just the brand new Fire Emblem on Switch? Just anything you... Should they, should they take more cues from this game, or kind of go on the routes of, like, where Fate and Awakening were going? Or kind of, like, a mix of both? I think they should just make it just, like, Conquest. I mean, Fire Emblem Fates, like, Conquest Woot is actually one of the best Fire Emblem games. It's just the... What is it? It's just a, it's just the game is hold back by it's this really crappy story. Yep. Yeah, I think I think Conquest is going like down the right path, and and you just have to like block out the context of what the, whatever the hell you're doing in Conquest. And, and those people that are complaining that you can't grind, well, I think I think that's what the DLCs are for. You know, I mean, they have DLCs in this, and the DLCs are for grinders, really. I mean, I, I can't believe Nintendo charged forty five dollars for this crap. It's like back in my day, you weren't allowed to grind, and. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, come on, like, one of the DLCs where you grind for EXP is just like the shittiest map design, and they charge you four dollars, and they expect you to grind. Wait, on wait it? how's how's the how's the map like? I haven't actually seen it. Um, which one? The DLC maps? Yeah, the DLC map. Uh, one of them is like, okay, you're trapped inside this kind of like a prison, and there's like a bunch of zombies in the middle, and and you had to kill them for EXP, and therefore you're low level guys. Apparently, that's two dollars, and. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this, this DLC is done in, like, less than five minutes. I saw that the season oh, pass price for that was really high, like $48 or something like that. Yeah, because all their DLCs is, like, really poorly priced. Because they try to sell separate content. They have one that is, like, uh, one where you grind for items. And inside there, you can get shards, which boost your growth rates. And you don't really need them to beat the game. I mean, they're just... They're just different. Have they too. have they uh, elaborated on like what the season pass like? Do they have any sort of timetable like the Zelda does or like? Yeah, yeah. They you buy the season the, pass. Do you know what you're getting? Yeah, they explain everything. I think you get everything around June, like late June. I think it was. There was, uh, I think, six of them belongs to a DLC for like side stories, explaining some of the things they didn't explain properly in the game. And um, what is it? Then there was three of them is for uh, grinding like, to get items. Um, two of them was for... Um, what do you call that? Uh, for money grinding, I think it was. The money grinding is kind yeah. of a waste of time. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to make sure, like, that... I didn't, I didn't have any idea what, if the DLC was just kind of a vague, you know, buy this and you'll get all future content. Yeah, don't, don't, Did we don't have buy. a list of what that was? or? or yeah, no? they give out the list. You're saying yes, uh, they, But they wouldn't tell the price, though. <laughs> like, like, when you watch a YouTube video, they didn't even announce what their season pass price is because they know people rage. Like, you see that dislike on that YouTube video? That's a sign that something went wrong. <laughs> yeah, the... I'm... I don't know what's going on with that pricing, man. That's that seems like a real bummer. If you're getting for two dollars, you're just getting something that will easily completed like in five minutes. That's yeah, or maybe less. No good. Yeah. Um, the Inner Sanctum is the only DLC worth getting, and that content isn't even worth ten minutes. You're just there to grind for items because if you can get the best weapon in the game, perhaps if you're lucky, you know. Oh, they just they can just randomly drop the best weapon yeah. in the game. Okay. Yeah, those, oh. that's about <laughs> All it. Right. Makes sense, I guess. Anything else on Fire Emblem Echoes? Uh, it seems like it seems like a really good game, but I just it is need a very to good that. game, especially the music. Uh, most of the remakes, um, most of the music are like remakes of the Nintendo songs, but they're just done oh, really? in orchestra, so it's really good. Like okay. uh, 
one that you should look for is uh, Celica's world map theme. And mm-hmm. compared to the Nintendo version, you compared it with the 3DS version, and you could just see like a huge gap in quality, right? Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Anything else that's on your radar at this point? For me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> me? Anybody, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, anybody anybody uh, gonna play Night of the Asher 2? Apparently oh. they have a release date, and they, then they changed that thing that's not official again, so... Oh, the one that was just announced yesterday—they they they struck Scrapped it again. It. Oh, what? Apparently, the Japanese Amazon put it back in December thirty-first again. So. Okay, maybe I'm that was sure. just a correction on Gus's part. Maybe it actually is coming out that day, though. Who knows? Remind me that game. Is it already out and it's getting a Switch port, or was a Switch version announced? It's not even versions? out yet. Period. It's coming to the Switch yeah. though. It, so it's been delayed. It's been delayed numerous times. Like think of South yeah. Park, except that's a Japanese variant of South Park. Yeah. And then, like during one of the delays, they announced that it's also coming to Switch. Yes. But yeah. Okay, I gotcha. So there still has no official release date. Still coming to PS4, Vita, and Switch. But when you'll actually be able to play it, who fucking knows? Yeah. I'm curious. I wonder if they would improve it on the original. I, I heard I the original is yeah. really clunky. Yeah. Yes, I don't want to review it, Josh. Yep. Yeah, uh, I, I had a choice between that game or Tokyo Xanadu, so I got Tokyo Xanadu instead. Probably made the right choice. Yeah, probably made the right choice in that regard. So, cool. Uh, for me, anyway, it's been uh, not a whole lot. I reviewed Otoa Romano Mask of Deception, and I enjoyed that game quite a bit. You can check my review. So that's how you pronounce it. Uh, that's just how I'm pronouncing it. No idea it anyway. how you pronounce that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have a speech about it, so it's not that great, uh, the uh, pronunciation anyway. Other than that, though, it's been uh, a kind of a mix. So I played some Overwatch this week because they had the anniversary content, and I wanted to see if I could unlock anything. All I got was a couple dance moves and uh, the anniversary. Did you get Maze dance part. move? What? Did you get Maze dance move? No, nope, I didn't get the Hada Hada UK. Uh, UK. Uh, but I did get Bastion skin. That's kind of like if I'm going to get one of the characters, like I want to get like the set characters I actually get to play. I get a lot of like Pharah stuff. And, and and Zarya, it's like I don't play them at all, and so and no, it's never time really to start helps. playing them. Nope, I oh, actually yeah. I'm glad I got a Bastion skin because that's at least something. I won a three v three elimination content by myself uh, by playing Bastion, so I, I was okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, I've actually turned on a Junkrat. Junkrat has been a lot of fun to play, and he's uh, besides Mercy, who's my main. It's been nice to play Junkrat quite a bit, especially with this. You can throw the bear traps and the uh, the mines. That's a lot of fun to play us. So I just kind of been playing a little bit of that. Um, also been kind of touching and going with uh, Neo again, which uh, they recently updated the game to 1.10. Uh, and it's been kind of frustrating. Uh, quite, a, uh, quite. It's actually very frustrating to be dealing with that game lately because with every patch they release, it's making it feel like more that everyone who bought the game has just been a beta tester because they keep changing the balancing on, on the weapons and the uh the skills and all this other stuff and it's usually kind of significant and which really hurts because uh if they change the way a a weapon or anything like that scales towards the later levels it makes a lot of the grinding that you've been doing for hours on end meaningless and they Uh kind of tried to make it like a do good by in this case they gave away like 24 million gold uh or i forget what the currency is called but the uh, the gold uh and that and that and like a book of reincarnation again 
they did that before because they scale, they changed the way that players level the the scale how much emerita or the experience points how much you earn after you hit level 223 and so because of this there's been some big uh, nerfs and it uh, everyone's really upset about it because for uh-huh. example one of the most popular skills and this is the Kusur, uh, kusuragi uh, I'm, I'm actually I forget what the name the is. Kusarigama. Kusarigama, excuse me. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the it's the weapon that you have a chain and you whip around a blade on the end of it. Uh, there's a wep- there's a skill that's called blade spin, and that's a super popular move that you can tear through a lot of enemies with a group of enemies, uh, especially if you have the right uh, guardian spirit. It can be pretty very. It can be pretty fun to play, uh, and. It takes a lot of work to grind, uh, especially, like I said, the higher levels. It takes a long, long time. They nerf that thing by about 24%. So That's pretty significant. It's a, it's a 24% <laughs> less damage than what it did cool. on the past patch. Um, they also changed the ninja build, which, you know, you can uh, you can build like a ninja pretty much in that game. Uh, that They nerf the scaling, and so... Like I said, like someone who spent hours and hours and hours building up a character, all of a sudden their stats get uh, hurt now, and that's anyone who wants. That's to just a them. weird like thing to. As someone who doesn't, who hasn't played Neo, would this be similar to spending time and materials to upgrade a weapon in Dark Souls to plus ten, and then that weapon kind of getting yes, uh, yeah, neutered, yeah, and then basically you gotta farm the materials to upgrade. And a plus ten. It's and just yeah. kind of a setback. Okay. Exactly. It's it's been kind of frustrating. And also, uh, they also changed it where before um, there was like this ability that you get where the less equipment you wear, the more damage you can do. And so people run around, you know, with in their underwear pretty much. They got rid of that mechanic entirely. And so no matter what, how much equipment you're wearing and how less you uh, uh, less you have, unless there's like special stats on the equipment itself, there's no difference. Like it's all the same. So uh, I don't get what they're doing over there. That sounds like a Diablo free sort of sort of thing, you know. When Diablo free first launched, you know, every time you discover some awesome cool build, it gets nerfed immediately. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> there's it's it's been kind of it's been kind of annoying. Uh, other than that, I mean, they did add some things too uh, to this mode. Um, excuse me, and so they added a few clans to it, uh, which are kind of crap. Because it's, I think all three are supposed to serve the uh, Odachi, which is the new weapon in the game. Just think of it like a giant claymore. Uh, so they added three new clans, but it's kind of lame, uh, all, all of them. I, but I guess they just want to give people more choices. They also added more titles, um, and they added a new sorting option, which who cares? And they also doubled the storage space that you get from 2,000 slots to 4,000. So that's kind of nice, but for the most part, like you're selling a lot of that stuff or just trying to soul match things. But for the, even like the top, the, the very, the people that are like super into this game and try to be as optimistic, optimistic as they can, uh, they're really Op- bu- mm-hmm. uh, bummed by this. It's, it's been really annoying. And, and the way, and the way some of that stuff works, especially with soul matching, it's been, uh, exhausting. And so, that kind of leads a little bit into uh, the details that they were sharing uh, with what they want to do with the sequel for Neo, because they are with the way that the amount of feedback that they got and how well it did, they are talking about making a sequel. Um, they just kind of talked about how, you know, once the DLC is over uh, the three DLC batches, which they've only put out one so far, once the third one is out, that's kind of it for William, William's story. William is the main character of Neo. For people who don't know. And so you they, might have just you might have just said this, but there's two more DLCs coming yes. out for that. 
Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah, there's two more. So the way it's supposed to wrap up is that the whole focus of this entire game and this entire like even the DLC is supposed to revolve around William Adams, which is the main main character, and Tokugawa Iyasu. Um, and it's supposed to end at the Battle of Sekigahara, which is the big turning point for Japan's history, and that Tokugawa Iyasu becomes the leader of Japan and uh, the Shogun, and so uh, that's supposed to just. Uh, tie up the loose ends right there and so they were talking about like having the next game be more like a more popular general in this Sengoku era um or a samurai or an onmyo mage or anything like that which i think would be kind of cool because it did feel kind of weird having a white man <laughs> saving japan uh, first, you know it's it's yeah <laughs> uh, it's the irish weeaboo so they they did talk about having something like that um and you know it, they did also say that it wouldn't take another 10 years to make and so they've already kind this of was- this oh, was good. a yeah. This was a Dengeki interview that I believe we have translated it up on the site. Yeah, we got. I think uh, it was Dengeki. Yeah, Kite yes. uh, translated it for us. Kite Stenbuck. Uh, Stenbuck. Uh, he is the, the new. We introduced him last week, I think. Uh, that yeah, he's a new member of the staff. Uh, been translating for years, uh, and he was so kind to join our staff, and he's been helping us on that stuff. So a lot of the translates and stuff you guys have been seeing, uh, the listeners on our website rpgsite.net. Um, we've been translating interviews and things like that, and posting them to the website. So be sure to check that out. Um, but yeah, they he's also, doing amazing work. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely been very helpful for us, uh, especially how in-depth his posts can be. Um, it's been kind of fascinating to read some of the stuff they were talking about. Like, even having, like, in Neo, they wanted to t- they were talking about maybe having collaboration content with, like, Ninja Gaiden and Samurai Warriors characters in there, which is kind of weird, because Samurai Warriors characters are already in Neo. <laughs> it's just, it's it's pretty much <laughs> Give them are. Samurai Warrior skins. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's what I'm guessing, but even Samurai Warriors doesn't really have, quote-unquote, skins. It's, like, just the characters. Like, so, just put a Ryu Hayabusa skin and give him his own moveset so he can just fucking body drop people from the air. Uh, yeah. Just oh yeah, that little spinning move that he does and just yeah. plants him on the ground. I would I would actually love it if there was a grappling uh attack because of, uh, the fucking Neo needs nunchucks. That's what it needs. They did <laughs> they did say that they were looking to add more weapon types and so like nunchucks would be kinda insane. Like it'd be Maxi from Soul Calibur and just like keep mashing the button. Yeah, whenever, whenever I played Ninja Guy, I always remember like, oh yeah, I really like nunchucks in that game. Take like a two hours just to get across the map just because because you're doing the little spinning move all yeah. over the place. Uh, so yeah, that's that's been I'm playing a little bit of that, but based off of the patch, it kind of really hurt my opinion with it. And so I've just been kind of waiting into the next DLC. Like I'm not going to play it again until then because right now it's it's just bumming me out. And it seems it's, like a mess. I yeah, mean... it's because it, I had a character that was built a little bit on the on that uh, that blade rush move, and so I'm hoping that they reconsider because it seems like every patch they have to compensate everybody because people keep getting upset and i don't know what that's they're not doing. a good yeah that's not a great look when you have to compensate no. people every patch it's like an apology like oh sorry we uh balanced it again it's like, yeah i mean doing? it's okay to balance a game because that's just how things work but the way that they do it so significantly and with the scaling and stuff like that it's like it definitely feels like we're playing we're, we're beta testers for this and it just hurts to have to deal with that like you know and and the biggest changes went to pvp you know and i I still haven't touched that i never will but the pve stuff uh stuff you play just offline to have some fun it sucks and so i don't know are these like universal changes like whatever they change for the pvp that reflects in the pve as well no it's it's they're changing different things like the way that two characters interact with each other it's 
like I said, I haven't been paying too much attention to that, but it, I guess they did make some big changes with PvP, but a lot of people are also are so upset with these changes that they're swearing off the game entirely, and so you'd hate to see that, especially with a game like this. That seems so to basically, they're they're not making like if they if they feel strong, they don't shave it down, or if they think something needs a buff, they don't give it a little boost. They're like taking a hat. Uh, an axe to this and they're just kind of taking like huge it, swings when they should be exactly. doing it more gently. So. Exactly. It's they're taking these huge swings on this thing where it's like if there's even an inkling, it's kinda like, you know, the bungee destiny problem. It's that if they find some something that someone is exploiting or just a little some people having a little bit of fun, they're like, nah, we gotta get rid of that. It's it's that kind of feeling. And obviously this is only from a mechanic standpoint. They haven't like taken away any st- story content or any of that bullshit um but no, not that bungie did it's just it was more like the way that the mmo gameplay worked but anyway uh it, it's just been a lot of the weapon balancing and the damage outputs and stuff like that it's a very technical level uh but you definitely feel it especially if you're a high level character like mine is and i hate to have to keep respecting my character just so that i can adapt to the next bullshit um other than that it's also <laughs> i also noticed that uh so I've been playing a lot of... People who know me know that I play a lot of Battle Girl High School, which is a mobile game uh, that we have a video up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash RPG site net. It's been a lot of fun because it's very accessible. One of the things that I kind of enjoyed the most about it... Don't laugh. Uh, one of the things I enjoyed most about that, though, is that there are these events that happen every month and it's uh, well, the way it works that like the f- first 15 days there's an event and the last 15 days they add more characters to that event and so like you can roll for that so once you get enough crystals uh you can do a a 10 character roll uh which you know you just recruit 10 characters uh at that point what they used to do before uh recently is that uh every time you rolled uh, and you use 250 crystals, you were guaranteed to have at least one four-star card, which is the maximum. Recently, what they did is they got rid of that entirely. Apparently, they were losing a lot of money because they were giving people guaranteed four, uh, four-star cards. <laughs> yeah, at I least can see one. that. Yeah. And well, same with the... a lot of money to get their waifus, okay? It's, so, it's just normal. But it, it's it's been a real pain because that also was with the weapons. Like, you get a guaranteed four-star weapon if you uh, did that the thing with that game and this is what i also talked about in our video that we did is that it it's not hard to uh get a bunch of crystals because you can uh run through the story mode and get three actually six crystals per uh uh, uh mode and per match excuse me and you can actually get more if you raise the difficulty which if you max out your character's level at level 50 or level 60 um even at hard difficulty is not that big of a challenge and so uh now that they got rid of that um, and apparently, even the currency in that game, like the like when you actually spend real world money to buy uh, the the uh, the crystals and all that kind of stuff to do the rolls in the first place, the gacha rolls, it doesn't. It's apparently it's poor. It, like that, the what you get from that is poor compared to other mobagas, uh, mobagas. I don't know how to pronounce it. Mobages, uh, those types of games, free to play games, and so. Uh, that is really hurting its popularity at this point because of how this is just such a dramatic change. And it's it's really troubling because it's right before they have a new anime that's set to premiere at the first week of July, uh, which is, you know, it's a super popular game in Japan. Like, it's got millions and millions of downloads. Um, but this whole change, this dramatic change at such a late part right before they're trying oh, to really man. break it big with the show, it's, it's so... It's so bothersome. It's really put me off of playing it almost entirely, oh. just because like, what am I doing at this point? Because every time I do a big roll, I get 
I have the problem that you know any of those mo- uh, those types of games get where it's like I just rolled for crap. I don't have anything. Like I got, uh, I I rolled twice. I I spent five hundred crystals and I got a bunch of two or three star cards that I already owned. <laughs> and so all I got was just a bunch of things that I could use for weapons for leveling them up, which I've already maxed at the levels of all my weapons. So at this point, I'm just kind of mindlessly doing that thing where you realize you're being ripped off, where you're just like, all right. I'll set this character to uh, work out for eight hours and then walk away. That's all it is at this point. And and because it's in a different language, it's not like I'm getting anything from the story because I don't understand it. So I'll still watch the show and I'll be ex- I'm excited to check it out just because I had such a I've been playing that game and it was one of You'll those. Finally, games know that, what it's about. I mean, it's it's one of those games that I was hospitalized uh, back at late 2015 and I was I had to spend a week in the hospital. And that was the game because you know all I had was my phone, and so that was one of those games that I could I could play uh, one handed because my other hand was you know attached to uh, uh, saline and all this stuff to to check my my arm and so yeah. I checked my blood levels and so I only had one arm to do anything and so I was just playing a bunch of that on my phone. <laughs> now that that's kind of gone, it it really is. It's just not been a great week, <laughs> all things considered. Uh, other than Overwatch, which has been a lot of fun. Like what happened but you can't in Neo? I mean, I could, but it would be super hard. Just think, I've I've seen it. Someone played Dark Souls with a DDR mat. I should be able to do this. <laughs> so okay, we'll, we'll right. see what Fair. happens. Uh, actually, I think they played Dark Souls bananas at one point. Someone hooked up like a bunch yeah. of like bananas with it. One input each. Yep, there's a video well, out there. Great. Yeah. Gotta they, say, speaking of Gacha games, uh, anyone's covering the the new one from Yoko Taro? Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out and kind of, I don't know. That's out I'll, I'll, uh, soon, like in a week, right? On June 6th? Yeah, it's out on June 6th. Um, I'm kind of a little bit scared, I guess. I well, hope that's that. actually on our uh, our little news list here. So is that trying to make a transition. Oh, we, were trying to do, yes. we were trying to do a God segue, <laughs> fucking Brian. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so uh, what's, what are you scared about? Cause they I don't know. Much of it? I feel like I want, this, I, I want to like it because I'm, I'm just seeing the like Taro's. sounds so good, Kiichi Akabe. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for the music. The the music samples they're very too successful that he's that Yoko Taro was stuck making Gacha game instead of no, I, oh, I, I don't think he'll be stuck while making it. He just put out yeah. a game. It's okay. Yeah, I think he just put out a game. It, it, like it was well over uh, Square Enix's expectations. They already said as much. Yeah, um, and they want to make a sequel apparently at this point. Yeah, but I don't know. Sentinel Alice is one of those things that I just hope it doesn't uh, suffer the downfalls of other mobile games. Chick, you know, could be just not really like, unfun events. Or... <laughs> yeah, I'm not not. Uh... Well, I think that's like every gacha game, though. Pretty much, I mean. In Fire Emblem Heroes, they don't even give you a guaranteed five star. They just I mean, give you. A, I a I break. think Grand Blue Fantasy is a great game, and I don't care if people have like poor opinions about it, but I just think like the story is is good enough. So there's definitely good free to play mobile games out there. Uh, it's just the fact that. Uh, Yokutara is kind of unproven in this area, so but he, he writes a great uh, story. So as long as the I'm story is good, the music. Yeah. the music I know will, will, will carry me through at the very not, least. Not the story <laughs> though. He's like he's great uh, at writing. It's the gameplay that you you should be concerned about, not the writing or this music, right? His well, gameplay uh, the, is usually mixed. Like yeah. the first Dragon Guard game was unplayable. That's what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. So and the first uh, one was like 10 FPS. <laughs> fuck, man. So yeah, I can't say I'm like super excited for the game. I hope it's good. I just the only the only sure bet that I know of Sinnoh Alice is the music. the The story can can go either way. It has has interesting oh. concept. 
Hell, though. He's, Yoko Taro has never written a bad story, in my opinion. Mm. Dragon Guard was a shitty game, but it had a good story. <laughs> or I, an interesting uh, story, as bizarre as it was with the baby dragon and all that bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd say Dragon Guard has like, a, a unique premise. I, I don't know, but I'm very iffy on its story. He's times. only gotten better, is what I'll say. Dragon Guard 3, as bad as the gameplay got, especially with the, the last couple bosses in that game, the story was alright. Dragon Guard 3 suffered from segmented story. A lot of the, the like the chunk of the story is all DLC, like the, the sister prologue. Oh, sure, oh sure, but I still they are. Was right for the... <laughs> I know it is. I'm saying from my experience of beating the game, I, I still uh, enjoyed it. I don't know. Should be good either way. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it though. Maybe it's an original story. We'll see. Yeah, or original game yeah. anyway. But it's based off of. Um... Fairy tales. Yeah, fairy tales, which is an interesting premise, and it means that. Then again, you look at the character designs, they look so far away from what they were. Like, the Little Mermaid looks nothing like what... She has legs, <laughs> which is kind of the Super weird thing. Super fucked up. She's the human Little Mermaid, like, when she d- turns into a human, which is kind of... Maybe when she gets, like, really mad, she'll turn into a mermaid and just fucking yeah. bitch slap everyone with her tail. She does look upset, <laughs> doesn't she? Like, that's her special move or something like that. Because we have barely seen the gameplay, and it's out in a yeah, week. It's, yeah, it's only a very... It, like, there's only... Barely. What? Only one gameplay trailer of it, and the others are just kind of like the people talking over narration and shit. So it's like, I don't know. That's I what guess. I hate about the trailer. You only see like that one second of gameplay. I'm like, what is going on there? You know, you want to know. Yeah. It, it's got me curious because like, if it's a free-to-play mobile game like that, they haven't shown many characters. And so is there, if there's a gotcha mechanic, which I assume there is, is it's going to be like, Record keeper, and that you're going to be rolling for weapons? Because it's not, yeah, I think they, they said they that, right? Have, like, it's going to yeah. be weapon-based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see what happens. They all have weapon stories, at least all the gotcha weapons. Yeah. So, that's that's something that's, that's gonna be interesting. So with that though, um, and for me, other than like that, uh, what I'm looking forward to playing, by the way, because I asked everybody else what they were gonna be playing. I don't really know yet, because at this point, um, I I'm actually kind of interested in the PlayStation Plus games, but that's gonna be a little bit like I heard good things about Killing Floor Two, which might be a PlayStation Plus game. Life is Strange is also, uh, it was leaked to be part of it. This is a PlayStation Turkey thing, by the way, so who knows if it's going to be all over the world because last month, uh, or actually this month, uh, they did switch around two of the games. Uh, one of the games that was supposed to be in America, like it was different between America and Europe, so who knows if that's going to be the same case with us in America. But um, I actually don't know what I'll be playing, but hopefully I'll figure something out. So let's get into the news. Solitaire. Solitaire. Actually, I do have a pretty cool Solitaire game. So there you go. Just that's that. all you need. I'll play some Fire Emblem Heroes. You can add me. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I actually gave up entirely on Fire Emblem Heroes because of how shitty that... I think that game is bad. <laughs> like, I, I've shitty, gotten to the point man. where my, I, have right, form, I form my opinion where I think it's a bad game. I know I've asked you this on the chat, but you have to let everyone know, how much have you spent on Fire Emblem Heroes? Uh, I'm sorry. It's about 350 350 now $350 yeah it's like every time you see your waifu you're like oh, okay I got a roll and you're like it's like fuck it's like you get nothing and it's like but the rates are so high it's like I gotta go I, like, I gotta go yeah, gotta keep on going come on now the, the date will give you some shit hero that you never wanted it's like I got Leon I'm like who the fuck wants Leon <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm still I'm still reminded by like that Star Ocean mobile game where like anyone but like the highest rated like star people on that you don't you don't know like you uh, plus some two or three star star ocean character it's like who the fuck is this i literally do not know you i have not gotten a single five star character in Fire Emblem heroes that's why i kind of gave up on it that and it i just feel like that game is such a slog it just feels 
really poor, in my opinion. You can buy someone doing a reroll for you for two dollars, and it will come with. Five <laughs> oh, my oh my god! Let's, <laughs> I'm going to stick to Phantom, Phantom of the Kill. That game is more robust, in my opinion. But that's just how I am. Outside of the Fire Emblem characters, which are supposed to kind of get you in there, I don't think it's a good game. But that's just my opinion. Let's get into the actual news, though, of the week. We've been going for a long time just on the first segment here, so let's get into the actual news itself. We did talk about some of these things um, at the top here, so we'll get into the rest of the topics that we wanted to discuss. The first big piece of news, though, Monster Hunter... Double Cross. Monster Hunter Double Cross coming to the Switch. How big is this, Josh? Yeah, so this is super big because this is technically the first time Monster Hunter... No, I think... I forgot to try the the was, Wii U one was yeah. 1080p, but that I mean, one Frontier is also frame. existing. Yeah, yeah. T- technically. So, Double Cross for the Switch out on August 25th. This is super big because you can crossplay not only between uh, other Nintendo Switches, but you can also do it with 3DS systems, yes. which is super big in Japan. Like this, this announcement alone kind of has like Japan's all in on the Switch now. Like yeah. this will carry them. A long way, like didn't like uh, Nintendo's stock price bump up enough that their market value increased by like two billion? Yeah, yeah. it was significant. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's how big it is. Uh, because if there's anything like as big, if not almost bigger than Dragon Quest of Japan, it's Monster Hunter. Oh yeah, and like someone actually said, like, oh, Monster Hunter's not as big as it used to be. Like, what? Oh. What? what are you kidding? It's maybe here in America, but it's actually getting bigger here, even. So it's it's kind of it's always yeah. big in Japan. There's always like millions of of sales every time, oh, and totally. and there's like anime like spoofing it too. You know? Yeah, there's like that Monster Hunter stories anime and whatnot. But um, the, this new one, uh, the Switch version for Double Cross, is just what you'd expect uh, a bump up in visuals and textures. Uh, no word on like if it's the same frame rate as the 3DS. Uh, hopefully not worse because apparently the Wii U one uh, suffered in frame rate at some spots that its uh, 3DS component did not. Yeah. And just that's all the the news out of it. Uh, aside from obviously if you if you have a, a Japanese uh, 3DS with a double cross on it, it's important to note and also to Monster Hunter Generations players that you can transfer data from Monster Hunter Generations or X and Monster Hunter Double Cross 3DS to the Switch, but you cannot transfer back the Switch data to Generations or Cross, but you can transfer over it from Double Cross and Switch. So that's transferable. X to the Switch version isn't. So other than that, they have a special uh, bundle <laughs> with the Switch. Sorry, I just... Uh, uh, while you were talking, I don't, I don't mean... I'll, I'll mention it later. I don't <laughs> want to talk... I just... Okay, I'm just going to say it right mm-hmm. now. Uh, I randomly decided to boot Fire Emblem Heroes because I was like, I'm, I'm curious. And okay. they gave me 20 orbs. All right. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I did a roll. And so uh, just now what happened, I got four, no, three, four star characters, one three star, so whatever. And I got a five star character. My first one just went There you go. Who did you get? Who did you I get? got uh, Hinata, the wild samurai. So but that's like the most useless five star. Well, no way he's fodder. He's it like fodder. people just get rid of him for the skill. It's like a uh, fury skill. That's what people do now. Okay, well you okay, just so bummed me you go. You Okay, the most useless star. five star. Thank you, child. Thank wow, you. Child. I'm sorry. He was about to get back. <sighs> I into got fire excited for like two role. seconds, and Chow has to ruin the day. You know, that's just been story. Well, there you go. You don't have to worry about family heroes for the next like three years. Like yeah. I do. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't spend money on that. bullshit. Sorry. 
other than that, there's gonna be a special Monster Hunter Double Cross and Switch what are we uh, bundle. About? Okay. Yeah, yeah and uh, th- that Switch uh, with the Monster Hunter Double Cross thing is all decked out with Monster Hunter designs. Um, looks good. Uh, hopefully, if it gets localized here, it'll be both the 3DS and Switch version mm-hmm. of that. Uh, that's that's super big news over there in japan i'm really happy that it's getting a switch version and even if you even if it doesn't get localized anytime soon the switch is easily region free just go fucking buy it the only i I, the only thing that i can imagine that's gonna be tough uh for players is like the armor skills yeah Uh, some of the descriptions that can be tricky but other than that um monster hunter is not a game where you really go for the story if you play monster Hunter already you probably know the menus by heart I think it's a given that the game will be localized eventually because all the games, all the Monster Hunter games lately have been. Uh, do you think that there's still credence to the idea that Monster Hunter 5 has been picked up by Sony? I it's, don't know. It's... It seems like that's building. I mean, we reported on that rumor and it was a bad idea for me to do that because it was apparently based off of a 4chan thing. But anyway, uh, it seems like it's getting, it's kind of grown in popularity and it seems like the people that would kind of know about it are kind of leaning into like saying like, I think there's, there's something to this. I'm like, you're just kind of almost uh, confirming I, at this point. I don't know. I'd say it's a 50-50 chance, right? I mean, because the PS4 is super popular over there in Japan. Um, well, so the last year, Monster Hunter Frontier, the online game, was released for the PS4, or was announced for the PS4, uh, and only for the PS4, oh, yeah. really, not like Xbox One or anything like that. And so, what in my mind, if that's going to happen, and it's going to be announced at E3 or whatever, uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like a ps4 switch type of thing where ps4 maybe sony's got like the marketing dollars but uh it's going to come out for the switch still still because with the announce with this announcement of monster Hunter double cross on the switch it, it it's pretty clear that capcom still got some sort of agreement with nintendo it's not like they completely lost it or something like that but it would be kind of huge if that right, that, that would be nuts if that was yeah, true. Like, I would, I would, re- I would really want to see like what sort of mod- the enhancements they bring to Monster Hunter. Like, I just play it. A... <laughs> I'd play it. I haven't played Monster Hunter since Monster Hunter the original for the PlayStation Two when it came out. Like, I played Toki Den, of course, yeah. which I feel like is a way better game. But like, if Monster Hunter Five is if that's the game and that comes out for not even it just it doesn't even have to be like on the ps4 itself because eventually i'll get a switch but just to see like a, an hd or a built from the ground up hd monster Hunter would be a pretty cool thing to see i'd like i'd love to see that yeah but absolutely who knows I'm not sure but that once again super big news for japan yeah uh, congrats good good news for, for <laughs> Congra- congrats to nintendo and capcom you just made a lot of fucking money again <laughs> yeah switch i mean nintendo switch fans have got plenty to look forward to at this point it's been kind of fun for to see like all these announcements coming out for them Golf Story is a triple A game. Anyway, so. you don't care about Ultra Street Fighter Two? Uh, I think wasn't it? Like, Justin Wan just came out recently and said like Von Ken is probably not going to be have any sort of presence in the professional field because of how unbalanced he yeah, is. Yeah, Evil Ryu and Violent Ken are both easily banned if they're going to do tournaments yeah. for that because you see some of the, like the videos for that and they're just so horribly unbalanced in that game the characters Ridiculous. yeah i'm sure the game itself will be the thing and people will play it but it might be either it's going to be like on the main stage without those two characters or it'll just be a side tourney but who knows? Yeah, there's no way there's going to make main stage street fighter 5 is still the capcom pro tour focus oh they'll vote evo has been kind of 
off the wall in terms of the games like they'll, they'll have Blue. side tournaments yeah, yeah i mean the, every fighting game like ecvs2 is like combo breaker this weekend they'll put I'm it just... up for they'll put it up for don uh, for a donation drive and it'll win because <laughs> that's i, I want to see arms at evo next year i want to see how the competitive scene for that actually shakes up that's potential how, how can you say street fighter 2 won't show up and then say arms will i don't get this because street, <laughs> street fighter 5 is a thing that's like saying splatoon 2 splatoon 2 will be street on the main fighter stage. 2 has always been like there like, it's still no one's super popular it's still yeah i'm not saying uh, it's not gonna be like the main focus it should be the main focus I like just, these days i just think the swain because smash brothers melee is still like the big thing there so i don't know so or brawl whatever it is that's that's the big game that's still like that's 15 years later it's still a big yeah game. Melee, melee is still yeah. super strong yeah. getting stronger these days getting stronger so outside of that piece of news that we've got there just to move into what we else we've got so we talked a little bit before about how near automata sold significantly higher than they forecast and square enix forecasted which is upsetting when you think about what they forecasted for hitman and that apparently sold you know whatever it did and they didn't like that Both games deserve to live. totally different like expectations from the western and the japanese sides it seems like western the expectations are always super duper high and i guess it's because near well to be fair near no one really had I mean, big yeah, expectations yeah. about near you, you think clear. about near as automata's like development cycle it's not like a triple a development cycle no. meanwhile hitman was definitely a triple a development cycle but near went through excuse me hitman went through so weird variations from like a totally different like mechanic yeah. standpoint like the way it was it, d- d- delivered it, um, it's also weird to have sales expectations on an episodic title as well like i really yeah, wonder how that played into it that was the shareholders fault i'm, I'm gonna say like they they're the ones that made that thing episodic and they took it and ran with it but anyway i didn't want to mention that it is what a, i did want to mention kind of a weird like this is this is boiling it down to the point where it's not a proper representation, but it does kind of seem to conflict with itself when they say most games going forward will be games as a service in the same yeah, breath that, that they that they can't hit, man. So obviously there's details that allow you to explain that incongruency, but but it's still a little bit like well there there was yeah. something that was well received kind of you know games as a service model for something where it wasn't initially sure it would work. But Constant I guess just stream. dollars and dollars and cents wise, they just didn't uh, yeah. must just not have made them enough money or returned uh, on their investment or whatever. Yeah, it's the very definition because, of course, you know, you'd have those um, those special targets and all that stuff that would come out every other week or whatever it was or once a month. So they that was literally like a games as service type of thing. And they did say they want to localize uh, aggressively localize Square Enix did uh, their Japanese mobile games. Uh, as soon as possible and so that's just how that is but the other piece of news from that same report that came out from square enix is that they revealed final fantasy 7 and kingdom hearts 3 will be out in the next three years or so or which so. Is so optimistic <laughs> which leads me to believe one thing kingdom hearts 3 only began development i mean it was pretty clear that only began development but tatira namura being his typical absolutely perfectionist self is probably gone like that game has probably gone through like a billion different changes and like they probably scrapped a bunch of versions and final fantasy 7 i would imagine i would hope that they're going to make the whole game and then deliver it in episodic fashion because at this point if it's going to take this long just to get the first episode out One that game's episode. never going to be done oh it's going to be like the it's going to be like the neon, neon genesis evangelion movie problem where it's like we're going to get to see 4.0 someday <laughs> we just don't Fuck, know man. when <laughs> Maybe the remake takes about 60 hours to go on Midgard. Oh, it's not going to happen. They already kind of made it clear that it's not going to be that long. It's They're going to put out those figures, but they just won't put out the game. So when's fucking... Oh, what was his name? The one who took over 15. Uh, 15. Tabata? 
Yeah, when's he gonna step in and kick the more out again and be like, oh, I gotta man. finish. You know, I don't I don't blame him for how fifteen turned out one bit. I Everyone's don't like fingering him saying it's like, hey, it's like this guy fucked up fifteen. It's like, you know what? No, they they, they got fuck- it out, they got a game out, they made money on it, which is you know it sold pretty well apparently, like six or seven million yeah. copies. But like, I if think- Norma was in charge, it would never come out. Yeah, no, it that's know. why they got rid of him. But the other thing was recently that which is, you know, this was like the most fucking obvious thing i don't know why sites were making this like a big report or something like that but screenix was hiring for like writers or something like that for the next big number title in a very popular series so it's clear that they're hiring for final fantasy 16 it makes me wonder if tetsuya nomura is going to be involved in that game as well once again to distract him from working on this stuff like, <laughs> if they have the worst staff for 16 i don't know what all the what games, they're doing of all the games you know, they still got DLC for Final Fantasy XV. They put out that stupid survey where they wanted to know oh, people's yeah. opinions about what they also wanted to put for fifteen. But Final Fantasy VII, the most popular game in the entire series in terms of mainstream audience. Final Fantasy X, you can kind of argue with that. But Final Fantasy VII, of course, has got the one that's like the benchmark for a lot of these RPGs that came out after it. You'd think that that would be something they would put a lot of effort into. Because Kingdom Hearts, of course, is kind of like, you know, leveled off or dipped in popularity since it came out. Even if they put out these remasters, which is supposed to, of course, bide the time. They don't have anything else to remaster. All Everything, unless they remaster 2.8 or some shit. They can, they can <laughs> still bundle 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8. That's true. The, the, the definitive <laughs> final chapter I don't, prologue collection. don't want to see what title they come up with. I would that. buy that. I would buy that because it would be a hell of a bundle. It would be if it's like 2.99 that I died. Oh, yeah. 2.8 is supposed to be the last title. Oh, fucking god two point uh, didn't kingdom hearts 2 ended with like a cliffhanger for kingdom hearts 3 that's that's why it's they so... can still remaster the the actual kingdom hearts chi mobile game thing proper because that's not on any console oh, don't mobile even game. they just put out an ex, like a expanded version they had to rename it because they made it better and now it's oh yeah the like... union thing yeah yeah they're not gonna stop <laughs> even the mobile games aren't <laughs> safe from like the kingdom hearts fucker you know how painful it is to be either a final fantasy fan or a kingdom hearts fan at this point it's so painful because it's like you you're like the the biggest critics the biggest fans are the biggest critics and so like you just know, seeing you know this how you stuff, solve this problem you solve this problem by stopping and stop caring about them until they no. actually come out just i am still a huge memory. kingdom arts fan and i won't give up on that even if it's even if it's it's happening this way i will you draw I, a new recap for on spinoffs Huh? I'm sorry. I think the I think the spinoffs killed all the momentum for Kingdom Hearts. Well, you figure because he's like retconning a bunch of stuff. I mean, people argue that he hasn't done that, but it just feels like it's like the Zelda problem. It's like they're trying to make this weird ass timeline that they're trying to fit everything into, like take as much space as they can. But yeah, it uh, that know, is saying, one thing. This is a this is a tangent, but like uh, I don't know where Breath of the Wild is supposed to fit on the timeline or whatever. It does kind of like reference the other games on its map. Characters have like landmarks named after them. And I thought that was just kind of like an interesting throwback or like just like an interesting celebration. But then there are some like legends or whatever that legitimately reference the older game. I, I just I just it, think of like actually... Zelda games like as their own standalone thing with like some references here and there, but no like tan like substantial like link to them. I think that's like oh there's like there's like there's one point in the Druid Desert where it's like Way long ago, there was this hero named Naboru or whatever, who, who is the Druid who you save in Ocarina of Time. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is like legitimate. This isn't just like a friendly, you know, location on a map. This is actually like uh, referencing what happened in an older game. And it's just yeah. like, 
is this supposed to be a strict timeline or not? It feels like they, they want to have the flexibility of being able to place a game anywhere and only have them loosely connected. And then at the same time, they want to make a strict reference. So I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to the Hyrule Historia version of Kingdom Hearts, and it's just going to be a big book about trying to hook up the timeline because at this point... It's so incomprehensible, <laughs> so it's kind of hard to tell. But I really you know, wonder if they'll like they'll release some sort of like grand like chronology of some sorts or summary for people who for newer players coming to three. Like, hey, I haven't played Kingdom Hearts before. This is the newest one, and I wonder if they'll like do anything for those people who have no idea what the hell Kingdom Hearts is. Just no, to pick up. I, I no, because it's coming. Know. It's coming to the Xbox One, so like it's like already they're kind of just dropping things and just saying you don't really need to play these other games because you didn't have an opportunity or couldn't. So, I don't expect it to be much of a tie. Chow, you're gonna say well, something. Well, even even way back on Kingdom Hearts Two, they kind of just threw Kingdom Hearts in our lap or the sequel, and didn't like it wasn't it was understated how narratively important that GBA game was. Yeah. Because people people would go in Kingdom Hearts two you know, a decade ago now and be like, wait, what's going on? I don't yeah. understand. So like, why is he just don't encrusted really in ice? <laughs> yeah, it was. It's uh... nobody played a GBA game. <laughs> I actually played the GBA. I played game. The I got GBA a GBA. Game. I got a GBA uh, SP. Uh, that was a birthday gift for my sister and had Cheetah Memories on it. Cheetah Memories was a fun game. It was a weird game because it was all yeah. I actually dug it a lot. So. Yeah, I only beat the PS2 version of it. I didn't beat the. I've never played the PS2 version no, or any other version except the GBA version of that. Yeah, so, like I, yeah. I was gonna say I imported Final Mix too, and you know it was like it's like hey, what is this? I never played it then. I just played it from there, you know. So yeah, that's I mean that's kind of all they kind of revealed though is just that they said that both those games would be out the first episode of Final Fantasy VII remake and Kingdom Hearts three would be out in the next three years or so, which right. I just hope it's hopefully a lot sooner than that. But you know at this point it's we can look for other games to be excited about. Well, like, there's there's Dragon Quest. Does no yeah. one care about Dragon Quest? Of course, but it's you know it's it's i our history is more with these two series more than is the dragon quest games i mean i'm I'm super excited about dragon quest 11 after seeing that footage but like it's i i that doesn't it doesn't replace these two games in my opinion they're they're much different to me they mean more to me than the the dragon quest series but that's that's besides the point so let's move into the most um let's move from one optimistic thing to another optimistic thing mm-hmm. Nintendo revealed uh not no I'm sorry no, this was Nintendo. leaked this was leaked yes. so what happened was that there was a little um this is something that we talked about before but like a year ago uh there was this rumor going around that there was going to be a Mario and Rabbids game and of course Adam I'll tell you all over the place that he fucking doesn't understand the appeal of the Rabbids I think Brian of course shares that too but um what they revealed, what what was leaked, is that this key visual that came out that uh, basically uh, confirmed the existence of Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, which is a strategy Mario RPG. Gun. Yeah, they gave Mario Gun, which you know I'm not too surprised about. They gave Yoshi a bazooka, which was awesome. Okay, the Yo- the Yoshi part of that <laughs> yeah, it looked really awesome. So, so he, this, he looks ready to fuck. He's like, he's like, he looks upset. He looks ready to go. Honestly, okay, so. I kind of want to know what you guys' opinion about that is. For me, it's that at the and when I first saw it, I was bothered by it. The more I thought about it, though, um, as much as I would have rather have it be full of just Nintendo mascots, like a Smash Brothers strategy RPG would be pretty awesome to see. Um, just seeing some of the footage of it, like the, sh- the look of it, and um, 
the uh, just kind of forming the idea in my head of what that would look like the more i kind of got into it because i can only assume it's going to have a crazy sense of humor like all the other mario games had but i'm actually kind of curious about this i'm kind of I'm, I'm getting i'm warming up to the idea of, of something like this i don't know about you guys though i think uh, it's nintendo trying to make their own clash of clans or some shit what <laughs> i don't get that how's that I don't know. It's like that's what I'm thinking from the description you tell me. I, I haven't. Well, seen how do you get Clash of Clans out of what I just said? It's like a kingdom battle. They all have bazookas and stuff. I'm like, what? No, it's you a know? strategy RPG. He, he hasn't seen the image. That's why he hasn't seen oh, the, okay. the info. And yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm gonna get it because I, I played like the Street Pass on the 3DS. That rabbit always asking me is like, do you want to spend money on here? I'm like, no. It's like, no, oh, it's rabbits. Rabbits like Ubisoft. Like the like from Rayman. Yeah, Rayman Rabbids. Oh, not Rabbids. I, I whenever I don't know if I should connect these ideas. But when I think of Rabbids, I think of like we era Nintendo, which I yeah. didn't really care for. So I just feel like, no, I thought we escaped out of this. Oh, so like I, I don't know. It's there, it's a bad. There are a handful of Rabbids uh, games on the Wii. So that's there? that's that's a good point though, because the people that are making this game, which is Ubisoft Paris and uh, I forget what the other one. Uh, but they are the people that made the Just Dance games. And so Great. they don't really have... And I think also like Raven Rabbids or something like that. Like, like I think it was like the third uh, Rabbids game or something like that. But they don't really have any experience whatsoever of making an RPG as far as I can tell. Uh, and so I'm kind of... Yeah, that's another kind of really concerning thing. Uh, it looks kind of interesting because it's like you've got, you know, the Mario... It's, it's Mario, Luigi, Peach... Uh, Yoshi and, a th- and rabbits dressed up as them. Yeah, as rabbit and dra- rabbits dressed up as them. But they've got like this the the slides that they showed. It was like the badass princess and stuff like that. It was, like they were they actually used, that, like, that's how you know it's a leak because they used the term badass. In badass it. princess and like one like one of the rabbits was dressed up as Peach and was doing a selfie. Like there's like a sense of humor there that I'm actually kind of. It sounds kind of silly, but I'm like I said, I'm kind of warming up to it a little bit. But I need to see. Obviously, we need to see more to kind of form our actual opinions about it. But you know, on first blush, it does feel bad. It feels like everything's going to. I feel like if it, if it was more thematically consistent with something like the Mario and Luigi series yeah. or Paper Mario, as uneven as that's been, even I would be hyped for this. Like it would just be another, you know, another way to fold mario into another a different type of gameplay but then like you've got this giant elephant or should i say rabbit in the room and like uh, no why do we need this this is not necessary well no, if, no. if if shigeru miyamoto is doing that thing that he did with um uh with like metro prime or anything like that with retro studios that he's going to be a very supervisory impact that like, he's going to be very much on hands with that a lot of the time uh it could be good like uh, but it depends because yeah as you said the recent paper mario games haven't been that great uh people have different opinions about it but i thought like color splash was a bad game uh and then uh, other than the writing the writing in color splash was pretty good uh, but the gameplay itself was that's bad. why that's why i use the word like uneven yeah like, it's, yeah it's uneven it's strong in certain areas but compared to some previous entries it falls really short if, if i can like totally ignore rabbits in my party and just have a full mario party i'd be more okay with oh, it mario if I, party. I, 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 I need to have uh just yoshi permanently pissed off during the whole game just shooting and, people like yes. i just imagine he's got like the long range attack like he can blow across the entire map yeah so just, just like why the fuck oh, am i here just fucking bazooka yeah, people in the paces yeah uh, i i could be more down for that. i don't know i mean i 
it just seems like a really weird thing and i'm i don't really have much exposure to rabbits just the, the it's very right. small snippets of them i've seen uh been kind of it's a little it's all right uh but the problem is that like uh the first two or three games is pretty good and then after that yeah it just really it really went off the deep end so We'll see, you know, obviously yeah. we have two more weeks until E3, and so Nintendo will almost assuredly reveal the game there, so hopefully they've got... Do you think it shows up at Nintendo or Ubisoft's conference? Nintendo's Direct or Ubisoft's conference? Uh, Ubisoft's comes first, so it'll be theirs, because they, they're developing it, so it'll definitely be there. And then Nintendo will probably show more of it. That's that's That seems pretty obvious, because they've done that type of thing before. Um... I'm I'm hopeful. I, I, it sounds weird to say it at this point, but I'm I'm actually kind of I'm like I said I'm I'm very curious about it. And I, I too I, hope games are good. I love strategy <laughs> RPGs are like my favorite genre. So I'm kind of trying to be as optimistic as well, I can. Well, there's a turn-based RPG, not really a strategy RPG oh. grid-like, is it? You, oh yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I thought for like the longest time I thought it was like a. I'm gonna look this up just real quick. I, I think you're yeah. right though. I think it's supposed to be a, a, a turn-based RPG. Yeah. I heard yeah. like XCOM. So I don't know. Oh my god, he made uh, Mario and this Mario and Rabbids game like XCOM. That is like the funniest visual in my head. <laughs> Holy shit! I want I want now Yoshi to like fucking blast a bazooka through a rabbit's head and like <laughs> yeah, like a wall. <laughs> yeah, in between them. Yeah, I, that's that's my. They'll never okay, happen. Yeah. I think you're I right about that. the turn-based RPG, but let's move on to the other stuff then, because at this point it's mostly speculation. Well, it's all speculation, actually. Um, yeah. The next big piece of news that we've got, so News America recently held their stream uh, where they uh, showed some more about East 8, which just appeared to be the demo, and it was I think it was like a Japanese demo, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that they do, though. Like they had the, Before Sky 5 came out at A3, all they had was the Japanese demo, which is the thing I played. So it's not it's nothing new. It just means that what they have in store is still in development, and that should not scare anybody. That's just how they do it. I don't know why. So uh, some of the things that they did reveal, of course, the first big thing was the uh, release date. And so East 8 will be out on September 12th in America and September 15th in Europe. And that's for all the platforms. So PS4, Vita, and PC, which is great. Like all at once, that's that's the way to do it. You know, you don't have to be worried about waiting forever for the version that you want to play. And so, uh, yeah. And, and another thing that they also revealed was just that um, it's going to be dual audio. So you have the choice between English and Japanese. And I think there's going to be several uh, text options. I think it's also like French and English, I believe. So oh. that's... That's pretty cool to have all that available to you. And they also said that there's not going to be any uh, censorship or editing, which it seems like lately they've had to be more fun about and say that right off the bat rather than wait later until they can post something. So um, I don't know if there's anything in this series that I can think of that's actually needed to have some editing or censorship involved. It's not like it's been a very risque type of series, but maybe there's a shower scene. I don't know. I don't weird. think there's anything controversial no. in the E series. Maybe it's maybe they mean in terms of like violence, like if there's like decapitation, maybe like that's the only thing I can think of. In a, no, not in this game, but like, bloody. yeah, I mean in general. So I'm I'm glad at least that you can confirm that there's no there's no killing. Like no, like, <laughs> no one kills kid, anybody. It's a very <laughs> it's a pacifist game. Into people, that's it. Like like for example, one yeah. ending the game is like. The guy tells you to get the hell out. The place is going to explode, and he and he stays oh, behind. Don't and the place spoil blows the game. Up. 
I didn't tell you which game, but it's oh, one. Okay. I thought you told me like there's got like a, a escape sequence, and he's. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Spoilers: Adel's fu- fucking washed up on the shore again. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying, like in one of the games, like the place explodes and the guy's supposed to die off screen. You know, you don't you don't see the violence. Probably not. Yeah, it's. I don't know exactly what they meant by that. Um, but I, I guess it just would be violence or something. It's just, a, like, just a calm worries. I guess yeah, just like, like you know, that the, there is a weird sort of like image so a, of Nisa in a lot of people's heads. A uh, stigma, uh, as yeah. you will, as you will. Yeah. It's it's been annoying to be witnessing a lot of that stuff, but yeah. they just got to do that. But they announced that that's going to be the case, and that um. It's something really to be excited about. Issei finally coming over to the West and not that long after it came out in Japan. Like, it only came out this past week for the the PS4. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep, so. keep mistaking this it for the PS4 and the Vita. This is a weird deal for Yisto. Like, if you play the Vita version, there's some content that was cut and they're supposed to add it to the PS4 version. And I don't think they're going to add that missing content to to the American release. Of no, the it is. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I said that it's going to include everything that was released in in Japan. It's going to really? be all part of this all part of this thing. I mean, huh. I can look it up, but um... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard of. That's the first time I've heard of that. Yeah, I thought they were cut out, and they never bought adding it back. I don't. I, I, I don't know if that because that's the reason they were cut out of the Vita version because it could the Vita couldn't like handle it. It couldn't store it. Well, let me see here. So I've got our friends oh, like, Endless History. Uh, I've got their Twitter account up where they showed a lot of the stuff that here. So let me quickly go through that. So, yeah, just to kind of quickly go through what the stream was like, they first, Nice America gave Exceed Games a shout-out for working on the other games, so they obviously praised them for the help that they've done so far, so they'll take it from here, which I'm sure that's not really what they <laughs> said, but it'd be hilarious if they just made, like, a patch, passing of the torch. Um, so, yeah, they just went, like, localization, they want to keep it consistent with the other games. Um, yeah, so it's be, being done 100% in-house, so they're all doing all the work. Uh, they can't reveal any of the voice actor names just yet, so that's just how contracts work. Um, let's see here. Apparently there's a lot of problems with keeping the stream up, so that's just, you know, that's the great thing about East America sometimes. They have problems with their streams. Oh, I mean, um, that's for everyone. <laughs> they said, yeah, keep keep faith. They are still working on the PC spec, so they can't reveal that either. So And yet there's the release date. Um Oh, yeah, okay, so they're still working out details regarding DLC, so yeah, you're right, sorry. Uh, they can't announce those yet, but the DLC is likely going to be that uh, the extra content that they put out, uh, or costumes or whatever it's going to be. Um, there, there's bikini costumes in the Yeah, there the was, yeah, you're right. DLC. They said that there's going to be a demo in North America. They didn't say anything about Europe, but North America, there will be a demo. They just don't know whether it's going to be Vita, PS4, or both. That doesn't mean they haven't said anything about Steam. It's not going to be on GOG. Um... So they talk about the differences between the versions. Uh, let's see here. They showed up some of the production samples. Oh, they showed they are going to have a limited edition set for the game. I think we already knew that. And there's going to be wall scrolls for the game. So if you ever you go, go to an anime convention like Anime Expo, I'm sure they'll have that stuff there. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Steelbook version is going to be only available for the PS4 release. They're not going to have one for the Vita which, you know, Vita owners are kind of used to that type of treatment. <laughs> so at this yeah, point... Yeah, I kind of hate it. Yeah, that's that's just how how they treat it. It's like Alice does that a lot of the time. And that's it for the stream. So yeah, um, you're probably completely right about that. And then that, that that's just going to come later. But it leads to me to believe that they're going to definitely do all those patches at the, at the later date. But that's kind of it for East 8. And, now the, and then they also... Yeah, we just yeah, recently saw some of that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah uh, just 
uh, off the uh, like some Akihabara shop, they just had a random trailer, the first trailer of Trails of Cold Steel Three, airing there. Uh, we have it up on the site. Yeah. Um, and also uh, the the new info that that came out uh, this week was, of course, Oliver is coming back uh, in Trails of Cold Steel Three, uh, known as uh, in the Trails in the Sky as Olivier uh, Lenheim. Along with uh, some people coming back from the Crossbell arc from uh, Zero and Aono Kiseki, uh, Tio and Randy, and this is this game just continues to like build its cast. It's like kind of like finally unifying the three arcs together in a very significant fashion. It's gonna be nuts. Uh, the footage of that uh, looks good on the Cold Steel Three, even though it's just like a, a, a camera recording of it. They haven't put up a direct feed uh, as of this recording of that trailer yet, but it looks. It was good. just on. It was just like on some end cap display yeah. with the the East Eight um, PS4 release in Japan. They're just so. like, yeah, just fuck it. I don't know. But Falcom's uh, a weird company. They always yes, like, they, are. they always like to show like a trailer to their investors, but they never show it to like a big E3 or Tokyo game show. So. <laughs> what are their um, uh, things up on their YouTube channel? It's just a fucking camera recording of a TV of like a new dungeon of the the Na in uh, East Eight. They're they're super uh, weird about how they decide to you know release info on that. But you know, I this this kind of brings up like uh, the bigger question of like it seems like Trails of Cold Steel Three is leaning more and more on like you need to have knowledge of the Crossbell arc to really understand it and figure, yeah. yeah and i'm wondering how you know whoever decides to bring if those things will come over if zero and i don't know if will come over like like how you need to get cold steel 3 out in a timely fashion but if you need knowledge of that arc where are you going to fit localized versions of the crossbell arc into into it it's already a bunch of work to get you know those two brought over there's a lot they, they both have uh heavy heavy scripts uh, much like the other arcs, so who knows? This is, this is gonna suck if the, uh, for for people who go into Cold Steel Three without being able to play those games. Mm, makes me wonder if we're gonna hear anything about Al or Zero No Kaseki anytime soon uh, in the West, anyway. Because I wrote a phone guide hope. for it. You could always use it to use it as a reference. Eh, I don't <laughs> like your guys. I think they're kind of poorly written. No, <laughs> that's good. I like I like that self promotion there. It's like Charles, like, hey, I got you covered, dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I mean, like, just to quickly uh, mention it though, like Exceed, they're done with Trails in the Sky the Third, right? And they don't. Like, yeah. Tokyo Xanadu, of course, is with Axis, and then you've got Miss America with East Eight. So, if they, they got their dreams Kagura, came true, Peach Beach Slash, that's what Exceed's working. That's on. not. That, that's not. That's barely. Come on. Come on. Is that Exceed working on that? Or is that yeah, Marvelous? Yeah, they do. Yeah, no, oh, okay. they do. Uh, I know they're. I know they're the American yeah. branch of Marvelous after all, but like. Yeah. Yeah, they did the localization like yeah, well the... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the, the that, that's the true crossbell arc, Senran Kagura. There you I go. I mean I would understand it <laughs> at least. I would totally be down with that. And that's like, oh this is what you meant. This is what you meant by how good Zio now Nokaseki is. I'll just play Senran Kagura and <laughs> yeah, I'll get the whole uh, concept, the whole the whole plot. The whole it's canon. basically the same thing. Oh, okay, cool. I can totally get down right. with that. It's just a bunch of people running around with like squirt guns that's awesome i love it that's that's crossbow in a nutshell yeah volleyball that's cool i'm, I'm totally okay with that mm-hmm. spoiler there is a there is a volleyball scene <laughs> oh my gosh with the spoilers you're first going to tell me the ending it's the east eight and then you're going to spoil aldo kaseki for me Ugh, i'm get upset here 
So Volleyball that's stick, it's real good. Yeah. So yeah, as we mentioned on the site, you can watch the little bit of footage that they had. It was only a, like a couple minutes of that, mm-hmm. and so it looks cool. My only thing is that it looks like it's not that much better looking than Trails of Cold Steel. <laughs> like yeah, it looked I mean... like the screenshots that they had, like the battle scene when they uh, put that first screenshot of Cold Steel Three. It looked a lot better, and then you get this new footage, and it looks like you look at the character models stuff like that. It's like it's probably a little bit higher fidelity, but it just looks a lot like the same. Which, you know, for a Falcom game, it doesn't really need to look great because I love the damn story so much and the characters are great and all that stuff and I had a great experience with that and the graphics were more than good enough for me to enjoy it that much as well. It doesn't seem like it's on a new engine at all. It looks like it's the same stuff, but we'll see. It just means that. And it's weird because like, that's the first... Isn't it like a PS4 exclusive? Yeah, it is. So you would I expect wonder... bigger games. Yeah, I I imagine that they're going to put a lot more effort on the depth of the gameplay and the mechanics and stuff like that, and not so much on the visuals, which is fine. You know, if it ends up being that way, if they at least they find ways to take advantage of the hardware in other spots, then I'll be okay with that. But I still need to be Cold Steel Two first. So, um, well, they said they were just sick of content being cut, so that's why they were putting it on the PS4. Wait. What are you talking about? I, oh, are you talking about Cold nah, Steel nah, 3 nah. or East 8? Uh, no, Cold Steel. Okay. Like, uh, Cold Steel 1 and 2 were, was originally planned to be, like, one game. Yeah, you're but right. Yeah. They, they, yeah, but they kept adding so much to it that, you know, they had to be spread out into two games. But then they started to make concessions on what content it is in both installments because of the Vita version on them. So that's ultimately a, like, a good reason why they decided to go PS4 exclusive for cold steel three yeah i guess it's yeah just to have it's the storage uh and you know i guess i wonder how big the game is going to be because that's there's still so many questions that need to be answered and then they're bringing in like a whole like bunch of returning characters as well it's It's, i spent 90 hours on cold steel one and i I played i didn't play that much the side can't wait for my 200 hour fucking story holy shit that's that's exactly what i was thinking of like it's gonna be double it all right oh shit there so you mo- go. Moving on to the rest of the news, because this podcast has been going on for a while. It's like the second week in a row, our podcast just go forever, which is cool. If people like listening to it, it's cool. Um, so the next piece of news uh, that came out in honor of its fifth anniversary, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, Brian. So, yeah, basically, obviously last year, I forget exactly what. what January what of last year. January, yeah. It came out, it came out in, um, it just snuck into uh Game of the year, like secret game of the year, quasi quasi consideration. Yeah, uh, got a PC port, and then it sounds like it's, it sounds like this is just going to be like a modern console port of yes. the upgrades made to the PC version, which is great because that combat system, those spell systems, obviously are going to work better when they're able to not be hindered and stuck at twenty frames per second or less, like they were on the. I originally played this game, I think, like a lot of people, when it came out on PS Plus on the yes. PlayStation, PlayStation Three. Me too. And it wasn't, I mean, you could see through the technical limitations and see that there is quite a bit of a a gem of a game there, not in terms of story or narrative, but in terms of like gameplay, exploration and combat. And it kind of shines on the PC version without those limitations. So now it's going back to consoles with the, you know, the the limitations removed so people can kind of enjoy what was originally intended for the game. Five years ago yeah that game is a blast to play on pc um i'm glad that it's coming to ps4 and xbox one uh the one thing i will up. say i would hypothetically miss about a ps4 or xbox one port is that i don't like to mod pc games a lot like 
you know, if I play like Skyrim or Fallout, I don't really get crazy with the skinning and the, you know, additional like, you know, stuff people throw up on Steam Workshop. Yeah. But one thing I did immediately for Dragon's Dogma is I made an infinite stamina meter for... <laughs> That's not for, like, a really, com- really good <laughs> fucking mod. Not for like combat, but for just being able to run across the map yes. without running, like without panting every, you know, 10 seconds. The fast travel so, system. But I, I would yeah, I would miss that from a PS4 version, but with still 60 frames per second combat, being able to play the expansion if you hadn't, uh, it's. I think anyone who skipped it or didn't like it, mainly because of technical reasons, should definitely try it out. I, is it bad that like whenever I think of Dragon's Dogma, the only the th- the first thing that comes to my mind to this day is still that initial trailer, the first Dragon's Dogma release with that Dengen theme song. On it, yeah. They, they, yeah the thing is, I, since, since yeah. obviously I hadn't played it until Dark Arisen, the PlayStation Plus version, where they change it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know what the original like title screen music was until I think, I think, I might be wrong, but I think Alex tweeted the lyrics out while quoting. Amazing, amazing. I'm like, I'm like, what is he? What is he like quoting here? And then I Google <laughs> uh, Dragon's Dogma title screen. I'm like, oh, this. Why'd they take this out? That the other know, one's it's so, so rad. <laughs> it's like this pumps me up. Like, yeah. The have you, if you've seen the trailer for it, it's like that's the thing that like sold me on the original release. It's like, wow, this game is bonkers. I'm in. God damn, what a cool game. I'm pretty hopeful about that. Like, yeah, uh, Dragon's we don't Dogma have we don't have music. a release for that. It's just fall no. 2017. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it was kind of cool, though, just because it, like I mentioned, like Dragon's Dogma is a series celebrated its fifth anniversary recently. Um, and this came out like one of our replies to our birthday tweet about it was just that, man, when are they going to release the PC port on the Xbox One and PS4? I've been waiting for <laughs> nice. that. Not, le- not more than a day later it got announced. That guy was so happy. <laughs> so good for him. Oh. Good for him on, the, on anyone else that was looking forward to that. So we got a couple more pieces of news that we want to talk about. One of the more crazy things is uh, kind of an out of nowhere announcement. Yeah, the uh, if you were a fan of El Shaddai, you're going to be pumped. <laughs> so few, so few of those. <laughs> because the director and character designer for those, uh, Takeyasu Sawaki, is coming back uh, with a new turn-based RPG called The Lost Child, mm-hmm. uh, coming to PlayStation 4 and Vita in Japan. Uh, no localization uh, announcement yet. Um, apparently, the story is connected to El Shaddai and uh, The Lost Child. Um, and the enemies in there are called astrals, and like the the story bits are a bit of like a mystery to me. Apparently, there's this magazine writer that's chasing the the story like a like a the story of like a suicide of a person who jumped in front of a train at Shinjuku, and it just gets even more bonkers from there. Oh. Yeah, um, so it looks a lot. I'm just the initial like small screenshot it looks like a dungeon crawler almost like an experience rpg which is kind of a weird um way to go about this because i i would think people who were fans of el shaddai would want another character action game but um maybe this is you know the right way to go it, it still looks very much uh like el shaddai in terms of, like uh art design character design so if you really like you know the style that that game uh went for it's still very much like that it, 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 it's still very much um, very creative with its clothing, let's say, yeah. <laughs> on its characters. It looks cool, like the, what do you call like water paint cell or anything like that? Yeah. That's, I think, if anything, if anyone's a fan of anything, it was the look of the game, um, even if the gameplay fell flat on its face. And the jeans, uh, that was also a big part of it. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious, because if it means he's got a second chance, because he originally was 
making this an El Shaddai sequel, but then he it turned into a spiritual successor uh, with The Lost Child. And it's got the same characters, uh, Lucifer and oh, all okay. that. So he's yeah. the same protagonist as the first one. So And it's got most of the key staff that worked on El Shaddai is working on this one as this well. One is, so. This one's actually kind of crazy because you're playing as this magazine writer but yeah. these astrals that you uh like go around like it's like very much like an smt style you can like capture and enslave them whether they're a demon angel or fallen angel uh type deal so that's kind of an interesting way to take it like if this this will be reminiscent of smt style uh gameplay um i'm very much interested the in demigod that. as does the character yeah but yeah that's that's what i'm hopeful too i mean if anything it's it kind of reminds you of the near to near automata uh kind of thing so like they're getting the second chance to also make the game that they wanted to but they mm-hmm. could they had trouble with in the first place so uh pretty helpful there wasn't any real details about a release date or anything like that just the fact that yeah it's being worked on in the the platforms that have been confirmed for that um so Hopefully we'll hear more about that very soon because that was revealed in a Dengeki. Uh, was it Dengeki or Famitsu? I think it was Famitsu. Famitsu, yeah. yeah. That was like that was our first real uh, th- thoughts about it. So we'll hear more about that at TGS, I guess, um, is my guess. So the last piece of news. It's not so much RPG, RPG related, but you know, there's been entries that are very much RPGs. Uh, they revealed the first trailer of the Castlevania um, animated series uh, that's going to be coming out uh, starting July seventh. Apparently, that did looks guys, all right. Yeah, did yeah. you guys get a chance to look the, at the, it? The main the main takeaway from this trailer is that Castlevania has kind of been mishandled, like Lords of Shadow being the turning point. And that was a divisive <laughs> game, and then everything since has been you know not divisive. It's kind of been you know universally panned or maybe not panned, but disregarded as poor entries. So when the when there was first discussion of a new Netflix, you know, funded series, I don't think anyone had high hopes for it. The trailer actually looked surprisingly good, which is, I think, the main takeaway from this. Yeah, and I think, so, some of the details that they shared about it before was just the fact that, so, yeah, it's, um uh, I, I guess, from what I remember, it's supposed to be sort of an adaptation of Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, uh, which right. makes sense because it that game was way into the Castlevania mythology, like it really got deep into that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's going to be about you know Trevor Belmont. I'm imagining it's all about you know fighting Dracula as mm-hmm. it's always been. And I think that they said some of the things they talked about before, and this is just coming from my head. It was they talked about how it's going to be like very very violent, and it's going to be like Castlevania done in the in the vein of a. Game of Thrones, if I remember okay. correctly. Uh, and, you know, the studio itself, just think about this. They're the people that made Adventure Time. And if you looked at the trailer, oh, yeah. and you're like, it looked like something like not, it looks like a production IG or something like that. Like the very, like, very uh, mature anime style to it. And yeah, it looks really good and it looks super violent, as as we just, as I just said. I, I like the way it moves in that trailer. Oh, as totally. a um... Uh, very nice fluid uh, transitions blood. in it. There's some really thick, like viscousy, yeah. uh, viscous to the blood itself, and so uh, I highly recommend uh, you know anyone listening to this go out and check out that trailer. It's only like 30 seconds, so it's not going to take much time. I was able to fit it in a single tweet, so uh, I, I I am pretty hopeful. But yeah, it's going to start on July 7th on Netflix, and so I'm all of a sudden I think people are way more excited about it than they were when they first heard about it. 
Oh yeah, I mean that's that's what it takes, right? You need to actually yeah. show what you're what you're making. <laughs> yeah, Project Rap Rabbit hasn't even shown any of the gameplay, oh. footage, so we don't know what that's. They had a they had a stream recently, speaking of which, and they didn't show anything. Well, it was just answering what the fuck questions. Did they do? Oh, okay, <sighs> they're supposed to reveal music re- soon, but like everyone's saying, that's not... they need gameplay because they're at yes. like 150 thousand out of the. 1 million 1.1 million so i don't know if that's gonna make it man no it's a niche game it wasn't and it, it had a hard time at, to begin with anyway before we get on on yet another tangent out of the million that we've done so far in this podcast <laughs> let's go and wrap things up here and so for everyone listening where you can find us um you can always find us on our website rpgsite.net you can find us on our twitter account where we recently celebrated fifty thousand followers thank you all so much uh, it's fucking shitload holy crap insane. Uh, I looked back and I saw that um, we hit, I think it was uh, two years ago, we had 14,000 followers. Wow. And so we've dramatically rose from where we were just two years ago. And so, yes. And I think we had like 25 around the time that uh, last year. So it's it's been kind of insane to see that much growth in such a short amount of time. And it, you know, it all is... Thanks to all you people listening, to anyone following us on Twitter. Um, and, you know, it's not just Twitter, of course. We've got a uh, growing, uh, growing uh, arena in Facebook as well and all these other places. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rpgsitenet on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash rpgsitenet, where we continue the adventures of Valkyria Chronicles 3. I don't think we have much else on that right now, but that's what you can check out. And also, uh, you can subscribe to us, as you always can, by looking for TetraCast on iTunes or any uh, Android uh, podcast app. Um, you can find us on our Discord channel, uh, permanent link, discord.me slash RPG site. And finally, as we like to do, we like to share our Twitter handles at the end of this. And so first up, Chow, since you're the new guy, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? I don't have Twitter. Oh, you do. There you go. Awesome. That's you... good. Okay, cool. You you save yourself. <laughs> uh, Josh, we're you, you, you. you actually won. Like you know, you're doing way better than us here. Um, you can find me at HD Kirin, HD K I R I N. I I I just want to quickly mention I was fi- I was play- playing uh, I was playing Maku, uh, friend of the site on Nova Crystallis, uh, writer on Overwatch, and he's like, "Do you know who HD Kirin is?" HD Kieran is like, no, I fucking hate that guy. I don't even know him. And he's like, oh, you don't know who he is? And I was like, no, no, I know who he is. It's Josh. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Maku is Wait, a, like, I just thought that was say? funny. Like, he only knows people by their Twitter handles, apparently. He doesn't know their real names at all. Oh, yeah. He told me this. So you can make nice. fun of By the way, he also sucks at Overwatch. And Josh, where can they find you on Twitter? Did, did you just, I just said it. I'm sorry. I meant Brian. Yeah, that's all. You're basically me, uh, right? Yeah, you're basically me. I don't know. I don't unless you say your Twitter name. I don't know who you are. Yeah. Uh, the Twitter is Zio Massacre, Z E O M A S S I C O T. Thank you, and you can find me at Zach Reese as always. So, thank you all so much for listening to this and thank you all for listening to the latest edition of the TetraCast. Catch us next week for another episode. Bye, everyone.